Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 50 of the Odyssey podcast. We're going to start with a with a big old happy Christmas to everyone from myself and from yourself, Connor. How was your Christmas? Absolutely. It was good. It was, I feel like this is what everyone is saying. It was very quiet this year, um, which was welcome. And it was kind of, I feel like it was the Christmas and we kind of touched on this before we started recording. I feel like it was the first Christmas in a while you and I both did very, very little. I think typically it's, we can be very guilty of trying to cram absolutely everything in and see everyone and do everything. And you get back to, to work or school or whatever and you're fucking exhausted. Like it wasn't much of a break, but this feels like the first time, maybe ever, that it's been an actual break, which is cool, which is nice. But I've been training still. Um, we timed the end of the last block very, very well to come into like the, the messy kind of Christmas season with a, a, a pivot, a kind of relaxed kind of pivot. And although training has been fairly consistent, the pressure hasn't been on. Do you know what I mean? So that's made it that's made it super nice. How's your how's your Christmas been? Love it. Yeah, great. Same same as um minus the minus the training. I picked up a, a bit of a boo boo, which is um <laughs> which is gonna probably affect training for a few weeks, but I'm I'm very um very optimistic that it'll be fine. And uh, and cool. All 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 is not lost. But yeah, great, great beyond that, just super chill, super relaxed, no um nothing big on at all. And yeah, it's funny though, struggling with that, you know, struggling with like taking time and doing nothing and not feeling useless, but instead mm. allowing it to be, you know, restorative or regenerative. It's it's a bit of a, a tricky one. Um, so I'm I'm constantly totally. just kind of reminding myself, like, no, this is this was on purpose. <laughs> you're you're not being lazy, mm. you're 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 trying to recharge. This is, as you say, it's the it's the meta, it's the most effective tactic available. I think at the moment, or it's it's the optimal thing to be doing, especially at this point in time, is to be resting and relaxing. Uh, I think this was aided for me this year by being pretty close to burnout at the start of December, surely. So this was a very welcome, this was a very welcome bit of time off. How was the dinner? You you take the big. You take the reins on dinner, don't you? At Christmas time. How was that? I do all the cooking. Yeah, uh, not a disaster. So. You know, a win. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have thought it would be. Yeah. No, it has been nearly every year uh, in, in some <laughs> capacity because um, I always generally uh, bite off more than I can chew and um, Easy done. and end up not kind of, you know, organizing things correctly. Whereas this year it was almost completely the, the other way. I like spent, you know, I spent maybe eight hours the night of Christmas Eve cooking and preparing um so that then on christmas day it was it was i was able to just kind of you know put stuff in the oven and just focus on timing so it was good it came together mm. and i i didn't um didn't kill anyone um so yeah no yes. excellent really good very good amazing super duper super duper what are what are we here for what are we talking about it's the it's the good old i guess at this point it's kind of tradition have we done i think we did a 2022 no do we do a 2021 we definitely did a, a 2022 year in review anyway. So here we are. Yeah. We are going to um, recap the 2023 year of powerlifting. I think last time we did just Irish powerlifting. Whereas I guess this time we're going to kind of, of course, it's going to be Ireland centric. But I think we're going to kind of mm. talk about, you know, wider powerlifting topics as well. Absolutely. Or it was like Irish PF last year and we're, we're kind of branching out a little bit to cover now that there are more kind of flavors and options available and there's a lot going on all over the place i think it's cool to reflect on all that has happened in in the country as opposed to in just this 
just the main federation, I suppose, that we that we work in, because there's a ton of cool stuff absolutely everywhere you go. Nearly too much. We were kind of, well, you sat down and looked looked across the calendar and looked across all the results. I kind of did, <laughs> did nothing in, in the preparation of this, but um, it's, it's looking over it, I got a real sense of, God damn, like it's it's going to be tough to touch on everything. It's going to be t- tough to, you know, give everyone due credit and and highlight all the the moments. Like obviously, like you and I have a lot of personal highlights that that may not be relevant to this conversation, but uh, maybe nice to to preface also that we're going to miss things. We're probably going to miss people. It's a lot is going on all the time, um, but that's good. I think that's that's a great way to be. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing. I think, as Ian said in, in the podcast recently, um, there's no shortage of cool stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly. Um, you yeah, know, we 100% are going to miss uh, people. So uh, what we kind of decided ahead of this was that we, would, we, would prob- we wouldn't run through the open meets um, the way we might have the last time. We are going to keep mm. that for kind of, I guess, towards the end where we're going to throw out some of our kind of you know personal favorite moments from throughout the year but what we'll do is just kind of recap national level and uh, international level events in the IPF we'll touch on um, on some of the the ab series stuff as well so um mm. yeah uh, you actually before we jump into it you mentioned um the podcast with Ian that's that since dropped so how has that um how's that process been for you how's the last week or so been yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. I I one I think he said it on the podcast. Like we we found it quite a difference in that he doesn't listen back to his. But we we I think I certainly always listen back to ours to make sure that I'm I'm ready for any comments coming through, any questions or any apologies that I have to prepare for. But um no, I think I think we 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 covered a lot. Do you know what I mean? Um It was a long conversation. Here late could in have the been day. a lot longer as well it could have yeah and we were wrecked like so mm. i i had completely forgotten most of the content of that conversation then ian's like dropping clips where i'm calling jay out and stuff i'm like oh fuck i completely forgot i said it. that to him yeah it was like the the captions of the the clips are not quite incriminating but it's just like ooh, it's, it's like that's putting it's, it's putting like a bit of a spin on on the um whatever the clip was and it's the clips is kind of funny you know what i mean and it's it's we've kind of discussed taking clips from this and and putting it online or making reels out of them whatever and never mind it not being a video and that that having an obvious issue but it taking clips like that kind of out of context is can be a little bit dangerous um maybe especially from for myself um I don't know. It's a funny one. It's a fucking ton of effort as well. Yeah, I could tell as well from some of the the comments on certain clips that they literally didn't listen to the video. Totally did not listen to the video. They yeah. saw the the title of the video and maybe like read the first like one or two slides of subtitles and then commented. You know, because there was mm. a couple of a couple of things where you like I think in the the one where you outlined your concerns around like safeguarding things like that. Um, you at no point did you say that um, you you have particular issue with the three people you know involved or did you say that the IPF was the gold standard and was doing everything correctly but that's what people took from it and that's like that was kind of the the uh, what's the word the kind of 
motivation behind a lot of the or a couple of the comments that i saw which is so fucking funny considering it's a 60 yeah. second clip or less like it's it's unlike people on the internet to be like to jump to conclusions and be allergic to nuance but um i don't know yeah it's kind of i people in the gym asking me about it i people text me it was like oh you're getting roasted in this comment section man i was like really not but um it's just funny it's it's you can only laugh at stuff like that i think uh and it was i think all in all it was very polite which i was kind of surprised at um i think definitely in the past i would have i would have or could have gone for a bit of a a low blow or a retaliatory comment but like, that's totally unproductive and i want like i'm issue i was issuing concerns with the hopes of improving things or having things be productive do you know what i mean so it's kind of it's funny it's funny like that but you know it's at least with a long episode like that i know we had talked about like the probability of misrepresenting yourself or people taking it out of context with a long long conversation like that if somebody sits down and to takes the time to listen to it or appreciate it you would hope that people get a better understanding of where you're coming from or at least not kind of nail you to the cross on a, on a handful of different things do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. I would, I would really like to see some of the people who took particular issue with those clips go and listen to the episode, because yeah. it's like the episode is, is it's completely different to how the clips represent you. Do you know what I mean? The episode's like, here's my concerns, and then we have like thirty minutes of conversation and dialogue around your concerns, and then at the end you're like, mm. oh, I'm way more optimistic than I was thirty minutes ago. You know? I know, right? It, it's and the people commenting are like. It, it the feeling or the impression I'm getting is like this fucking guy hates these people yeah. and hates this new thing, fuck him. And I'm like I like I had like a, a change of a slight change of heart, um, as we talked it out, you know, which is I suppose is is one of the main uh, objectives behind discourse is to to reach an understanding, which I suppose we did, and then to, for people to be like so reactive is funny you can only laugh at it in my mind like it's it's because it shows that okay you're obviously not taking this with the intention in which it was given out or you're just effectively just lying or you're just making shit up and then i don't give a fuck like it's it's nothing to do with me at that point yeah do you know what i mean yep. but anyway that's not what we're here to talk about <laughs> we kind of i love how the, the first like 10 or 15 minutes of these episodes can be amazingly unrelated to the subject we kind of plan out or sit down to i think it's fun that's a little chaotic spin to the episodes absolutely absolutely they're kind of there reminds own. me of like a subplot yeah a subplot of like a simpsons episode you said you're you're watching the simpsons now over over the christmas like it's it's funny absolutely it's very funny absolutely what seasons are you watching actually sorry i started from season one so i've dead right yeah. coming in towards the end of season two uh, of the Simpsons and it's oh, oh man I forgot how much I loved it because like I've seen every single episode I've watched of course I've seen and like I, I probably have mm. seen up to maybe season I don't know whenever like 2005 or 2006 I've probably seen every single episode up to then and yeah so like I know that like season four to eight or nine is like the golden age of, of the Simpsons I'd throw season three into that season as well. three for See, sure I'd say season three to season six or seven which one is the Oh, the Marge and the, the, um, the like, tram. Fuck, what's that? Anyway, yeah. Monorail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marge and the Monorail. That's season three, right? Or is that season, season three or four? Yeah. I, I get the two of them mixed up because I, whenever I sit down to watch The Simpsons, 
it's season three or season four and i fucking watch it all yeah yeah, yeah. so now i'm i'm thinking i might try and go all the way to whatever it is season 30 something over the next few months um jesus because i love it like i honestly could just sit there and if so nostalgic oh, if i have time i could just watch you know i could watch a whole season in one mm. in one focused sitting like um it's just so 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 enjoyable see i might try and go all the way we'll see how far i get before it becomes unbearable because i think at a point it it kind of did become unbearable yeah and, and more so i think it came i think it came back around because i caught some of the newer episodes recently and i was like this is clever like this is funny okay okay because like but, there was jokes you know there's obviously jokes in like season one that i'm like oh my god like that you just didn't get when you were a kid like watching it at fucking six o'clock at rte too that's a thing so yeah there's like wh- there's way more to them than i remember obviously because now i understand the, yeah. the jokes but like even even at that it's like fuck me there's no way these jokes could be made now Do you know what i mean there's some of the content yeah. in it that's like so on the nose i absolutely love it so yeah no, I'm, do you have any examples you want to spit out there no <laughs> anyway next time i'll catch you next time i'll catch you at some point with the trousers down we'll jump into it so first meet on on my notes here i'm not sure if it's first on the calendar we'll do our best to kind of go on in chronological order here but we're gonna mm. we're gonna mess that up a little bit first one i have here in front of me was ab series 12 clash of the titans which was the first abs meet that i ever attended actually the first series meet i ever attended i think you're mm. you're same for yourself right or had you been to one previous to that was i there i don't think i was there were you not i think the abs teens <laughs> way later in the year was the first abs meet that i've been to i thought you were there it was me andrew you anyway <laughs> anyway um what when was this i could have sworn that was after Nationals, March, April, May. It might have been in March. In it might have been in March or April. But anyway, fuck it. We're here talking about it, so we'll just talk about it and, and move yes. on. So my first one uh, attending, which um, which was, you know, not like on purpose. It's because there's so many meets in the year and they're all far away from where I live. And the, the mm. of course, the series meets were all in Dublin up to this point. And so I had, it was just like, four hours on another weekend typically where i'm where i'm not handling so i just hadn't got up there uh and kind of things aligned so i managed to get up for this one it was fucking awesome it was so cool um so the 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 kind of premise for this one was that that you would win on total as opposed to to dots or or wilkes or what i think i think yeah dots or wilkes are the two they have used i'm not sure what they're going to use going forward but it was fucking cool uh everything everyone says about them is true they're just fun and uh, it was just it was awesome to witness, you know, it being kind of the same but different. Of course, you had like a completely different pool of lifters that m- most which I didn't know, uh, including the the guy who ended up winning, uh, Fernando Arias. Hadn't a clue who he was at the time, but goddamn, he's he was strong. One, I think, I think he beat beat Dave Richardson, who had just come off the the pro win. I think he totaled ten thirty five, uh, and. I was having a look at his open powerlifting there before we hit record, and he has since gone on to total ten seventy seven point five. Um, so yeah, no, all in all, awesome, awesome event, and we're actually booked in. I think we have a Odyssey table uh, for the next clash of the Titans, so we're gonna, we're definitely gonna go and check that out. And, Savage. And, and when, when is that now? Because there's a part of the twenty twenty three recap. An element of it is obviously a damn. What's the word? 
you're looking forward to 2024 and, and I suppose taking the results or the implications of some meets and saying, right, what does this mean going forward? So, well, I actually don't know. I was going to say, remind me when this this next Clash of the Titans is. Uh, when is that and where is that? Early 24 in abs. Um, cool. I think. Now, in terms of like forecasting it, all I know is that I'm pretty sure Fernando is there again and Nicholas mm-hmm. Dupriz is also there, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we'll touch on him uh, a, a little bit more you know later on in the episode but he's a scary a scary man so that'll be uh, and and I think a total meet suits him down to the ground so nice yeah no excited to excited to see that in person again amazing super I must attend I must attend this time around because it does it does look cool it's was it as you expected it was exactly as I expected yeah it was it was literally mm. exactly what I thought it was going to be um which was just cool and fun and a bit of a laugh and sick lifting at a high standard that's that was, that was pretty amazing and you don't and see didn't... you don't see that type of lifting at that standard that's one uh kind of selling point the series does have it's like you you just generally do not see these massive untested lifters in wraps actually hitting depth you know and actually being held to yeah. to uh um to a high level you know so it was it was it was awesome Amazing, awesome. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that now. That'll be cool. It's um, not to not to dwell on this because we have a ton of stuff to cover, but it's it's kind of cool, or it's certainly different to potentially attend a meet where you don't know anything about the lifters. You don't know who they are. You don't know who's going to come in. Who, what's gonna What's gonna happen? It's a part of it's the downfall because you you know you're you're kind of going in blind. But that can maybe also be a approach you know like you think all right well this guy oh this guy has it and somebody else comes in with a fucking enormous deadlift or enormous bench you're like what the fuck where did that come from and it's it kind of i'd say keeps you on your toes a little bit and i don't know if this is a fair statement i don't know if it's it's evidence-based or whatever but it seems like the bigger stronger untested guys are maybe a little bit more susceptible to freak accidents yeah i don't know why especially in, in raps i don't know what the story is um a few bicep tears here and there or whatever but like it's i said it adds an element of of danger to it i'd say or an, ele- an element of unpredictability to it i suppose that isn't really there in in ipf or, or in tested lifting um a total surface level assumption so no that'll be cool that's it's it did seem like an insane meet looking looking kind of back on it or at the time looking from the outside in and it'll be a, a really cool one to look forward to i think i know like i know jay's plans of continuing to elevate these types of meets so i'm very excited to see what that format can do in you know bigger and bigger and bigger venues with bigger um audiences you know as mm. as as the years go by i really think that um it could it could get a lot of eyes on the sport which is uh which is obviously fantastic amazing always a good thing always a good thing yeah cool so the next one the big one um, probably my favorite meet from 2023 looking back and I, that's a good question actually i think this is it for what, me. like your favorite meet is yeah um nationals open nationals rpf open nats um yeah it was it was awesome it was it was for me kind of the the pinnacle of competition in the rhpf um hmm. you know standard everything in terms of like at that point how kind of together every everything felt as well you know like it felt like we had overcome the kind of infancy of of 
Irish powerlifting and kind of got to this point where everyone knew the deal. You know, everyone knew yes. that, hey, look, we're we're all in this this thing together. You know, we're all on the same page. We all want the same shit. You know, everyone had kind of accepted their their differences differences in kind of opinion or or, or um or perspectives. Um, we were all kind of working on on moving forward, and it just it was just so much fun from the like the kind of hypey shit talk beforehand that yes. really looking back on could have been so so much more kind of really could have capitalized on that from a marketing point of view it, it felt like those who know for in and there was potential for people maybe not to know do you know what i mean for like the pre- previous like man at least six weeks all anyone was talking to me about was the 105s you know yeah and like it just like had consumed so much of my my headspace because of that um like looking back on that for me it was like a, almost like a as if the whole powerlifting world knew about the three lads yeah. who were, were ultimately going to go in and you know total 30 40 kilos less six, 50 60 kilos less than they were talking about totally it was still an absolutely fucking unbelievable flight mm. unbelievable session of powerlifting it's not that it feels like we're beating a dead horse because we've we've talked about it so much throughout the year maybe to the point where I'm like, was that 2023 or was that 2022? It seems like it was so long ago. I don't know why that is the case. Um, That was a biblical session of powerlifting. I think that's an incredibly appropriate way to describe it. The only downside is that I would fear that that would overshadow what was a fantastic weekend of lifting and a brand new kind of, brand new type of meet for the Federation. And I think what you said about everyone being on the same wavelength and in it together looking back on how it felt how the weekend felt yeah 100 percent. that is that is so appropriate and it it may have felt like in the past you would have people show up there like who the fuck is this guy it's it seems like oh it's not quite to the the pedigree that we want but um this time around absolutely 100 percent. it was um and and the 105s it seems like a lot of people are kind of migrating to that class now because of because of the success and because of the the I suppose the competitiveness of it. And it, even though it's 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 gonna be super difficult to break into that podium, it's kinda of cool to see people drawn to that Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's to that feeling that the, the, the class gave. That's an interesting that gave. kind of topic, an interesting conversation alone. Because we are seeing a lot of that right now. We are seeing a lot of people moving up weight classes where mm. where they wouldn't have before. And I, I wonder, is that like something to do, like, is that completely unrelated from the likes of these events and more so on kind of, you know, how education surrounding um, body image and health is improving and how people are now willing yeah. to sacrifice their, you know, year round abs at the complete detriment of their performance for performance and ultimately health. Um, mm. I wonder, is that is that maybe kind of what's going on there more than anything else? But yeah no I'm, I'm with you like i totally totally agree mm. it's funny i was chatting to jane jones about this on tuesday she she paid a visit into chaos so we, we must must have her back on at some point and, and talk about this because we were talking about i wonder what the like the average weight of athletes is over time because we were talking about the weight classes weight classes in like olympic weightlifting and how they kind of change periodically in weight classes in the usapl versus the the ipf and even how the ipf weight classes have changed 
uh, in the last couple of years. So that that'd be a cool conversation. I wonder has the like average body weight of athletes increased over time? Has the average muscle mass of athletes increased over time due to increased, um, I suppose, evidence and best practice evolving on training and nutrition? I don't know, maybe your average athletes, like, I remember when I started, it felt like everyone was an 83. Yeah. And, like, it, that was, like, the average male walking around weight. And I know that because we're in powerlifting, we're in a in a, um, a strength sport, the guys are going to be, or people are going to be bigger on average, but it seems like, okay, your baseline male is a 93 now, for some reason. Or even I, it's, more, it's, yeah. Even 105 now. It's, it's, in the past, it seemed like 105 or 100 kilos, you're a, you're a big fella. Yeah. And now it's just... It's closer and closer to normal, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, but I want, I want, we must look into that at a different point in time. I remember, and I don't know what the session was, but I remember I was in the audience for kind of the middle weight female session, and I was just blown away. It was, it was down to deadlifts, of course, and I remember seeing Catherine Kilmartin pull, and I was like, Jesus, that was mad! Like that, she must be untouchable. And I remember seeing, now I, I might be getting my competitors kind of mixed up or whatever i remember seeing braun mcguire and jody stevens all like massive pullers in crazy lifters um at very low body weight and i was like what in the name of god is going on that was kind of my awakening in terms of even the standard of female powerlifting at this national level and it was it was super super exciting was there any other kind of notable or standout yeah. moments for you there's buckets and there's loads and we're gonna miss people but yeah, so like we're again another pre- another thing to preface. We're we're gonna try not to just talk about, you know, just our lifters. So you know, I hope no one Even feels missed, so successful. Yeah, I hope no one feels <laughs> kind of missed out on. You know, if we've if we can, we'll try and kind of squeeze everyone in at some point throughout the calendar. Um, but yeah, just don't don't um ho- hopefully don't um feel kind of left out. It's just for brevity's sake that we're trying to keep this under under you know a two hour long episode but anyway i have three mm. moments um first damien totaling 800 um mm-hmm. 541 dots which is nearly i think just under 30 dots higher than any other male competitor in irish pf history um i think list this might be second to damien in terms of uh dot scores it's just mm. like you know, Barry Piggott is often, is heralded as, like, the best um, Irish PF lifter of all time. And I think his best dots ever was 5-11. You know, so <sighs> Damien just coming out and, like, on a chill day, smoking 5-41, it was, uh, yeah, it was nuts. So that's that goes down. It's funny because I, I know me and Jack Thornton, who were at Euros in Poland only a couple of months previous, were, like, you know, a constant thing we were discussing was like we were kind of ranking Irish PF moments and running through Irish PF history and kind of talking mm. about like who's the best, who's in the Hall of Fame and why and all this kind of stuff. And I think um, at that time we were saying like it was Barry, like Barry was number one, Damien was number two. But I don't like I feel like Damien's done enough now to cement his his position atop the Irish PF, you know, history. It's just that is such a historical performance um, that I feel like mm. hasn't really been talked about as much as it should have been. I think he's taken for granted yeah. an awful lot, and even when I even my reaction to what you said kind of shows to me that I'm I certainly take him for granted. You know, I, I don't even realize how good he is because I remember we were talking about Callum leading up to the eighty threes, and I had nearly disregarded Damien because yeah, him winning 
was an afterthought. It's, it's yeah, so what? It's like I was saying it to somebody, yeah, I was chatting to a client of mine today and he was talking about like John Slattery commenting on his, his bench PR and he was like, thanks, yeah, you bench 100 kilos more than me. I was like, yeah, well, that's fucking obvious. Like, come on. I feel the same way about acknowledging Damien's strength. It's like, yeah, fucking obviously he's, he's the strongest. What are you talking about? And I think that I've nearly just disregarded him out of that for, for no good reason. I don't know why Barry seems, maybe it was because Barry seemed like at that point in time, he was one of a very, very small amount of people doing it or doing what he did or he was so far ahead yeah. at a point where we thought a 400 Wilkes if if anyone remembers Wilkes a 400 Wilkes was fucking good you know what I mean yeah yeah. me and Ray Minahan who used to own the gym here in Bantry used to refer to him as lifting Jesus um, because like Barry yeah because you'd be in a warm up room with Barry and Barry would take like his second warm up and everyone would go silent and watch what Barry was doing. It was very odd. <laughs> it was very, yeah. very weird. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough, and it's it's not a surefire thing. But like, man, Damien, Damien is you know categorically the best RPF lifter of all time, um, without any argument. Like, so it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. So okay, yeah, no, it's, it's I've no rebuttal for that. Like it, it that is what it what it is. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. That was the first one. Second one was Jack Kenny's nine twenty eight total. Mm. Um, absolutely demolishing. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, what yeah. was what was his previous? Was it like, was it nine or was it eight seventy two or something? I think. Like in Google, here are you giving him? A I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. You're on it. Uh, I'm afraid to close my recording thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always afraid of it. I know. Yeah, he had total nine ten at last chance, but like. I mean, it was a pretty, you know, I think handy duel. He missed his third bench. That was it on the 928 total, which was ridiculous. Like, um, so I'm very, very excited to see Jack compete again and, and continue, mm. continue to push that. Cause I think he can, like, he's such a massive dude and you know, mm. he, he fits, like he walks around at one, one, four, you know, one fifty. we'll say and looks well do you know what i mean he doesn't look looks great yeah he it doesn't look problematic or detrimental to his health <laughs> or longevity you know uh and like the best lift like you know you've jesus um and the um georgian guy um what's his name temor uh yes. Karadze or something along those lines you know they're they're big uh, like they're they look like they're not in you know the best of health they're carrying a lot of extra body fat. Looks like they wouldn't be just sitting at that weight. That looks like it's a bit of a, an effort to to maintain, maybe. Is that an appropriate yeah, way of saying? Yeah, for sure. You know, Jack is nowhere near that. Um, so, no. And I don't know if he ever wants to get anywhere, anywhere near that either. But goddamn, if, if there's any need. Like, if Jack wanted to, like, you know, bump, bump up to, you know, 165, 170, oof. that kind of direction, man, I think, I think Jack is... Um, is a big hitter there and I think he could definitely mm. cause some problems. I know I know from conversations with him that he does want to give the the Georgian guy Timur uh, a good run for his money. I'd love to I'd love to see that. So amazing. I was spotting and loading him in that flight and I was uh, as much faith as I had in him, I was still terrified. I think understandably. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like reaching over my head to try and to try and spot this squat. Yeah. No, 100%. 
Um, and then yeah, of course, Ken's from behind win in the one hundred fives. Like it was, like you say, we have touched on it, but we might as well run run through it in the in the spirit yeah. of the episode. So there had been um heap of shit talk in the lead up to this. Some in in good fun and and all that, and some in you know not good fun at all. Some was was yeah was uh, bad intentions. Yeah, big time. Um and the two lads like. I, in my assessment of it previously, I, I was backing Ken to win because Ken's my lifter, and I knew we would have a chip where the two other lads wouldn't. So, so my hope was that it would play out in such a fashion that the lads would think they'd won it. We would have the squat chip, and we would have secured a second deadlift, um, and then a third deadlift where the other two would be so concerned with each other that they would forget about us and we'd end up winning by by a small margin. Now, mm. not exactly how it played out, but the squat chip did kind of did win us the meet essentially. And we got very lucky Absolutely. there as well. So Ken just was like not, he had been all, all unbelievably busy in the lead up to this typical Ken fashion, just had not been able to give training, um, you know, his all. And so he just wasn't on, you know what I mean? He just wasn't having the day that we had hoped he would. And we very, we got that squat chip by the finest margin. I think it was on a jury overturn. Um, Mm. And then bench didn't go amazingly well. The two lads looked amazing. I had thought that if things, like if Ken wasn't on, I thought that it was Dammy's to lose, you know, that Dammy would just put together all these like individual lift training, training um, lifts and you know put up a massive total and finally have kind of the day that that he was due Mm. and melvin then i know there was like a load of hype around melvin but and i I believed in it too but i just didn't think he'd have what he what he needed on the day to beat dammy and then dammy started having a bit of a stinker and melvin was looking incredible so it came down to we're on second pulls ken misses his second pull of 317.5 pretty badly um in spectacular fashion in spectacular fashion it's fair to say yeah that is fair to say i think maybe had melvin already missed at this point i can't re- i think he did i think now I, I don't quote me on this i think he did miss his second attempt i know he missed his second attempt i just can't remember if it oh, was right. before okay, or after um ken's miss so anyway melvin also missed and then dammy came out and I believe hit, but it was it was very very difficult, and so obviously when Ken had missed his pull, I was like, ah, okay, fuck, what do we do? Like, are we gonna send him out for 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 a third pull here? Are we being threatened from behind? Could we potentially be knocked off the podium? What's going on here? That was I was not concerned at all with the with the um with the win, and took a look once things had calmed down, and was like, wait, what? We are 2.5 kilos away from, you know, away from the win here, given the two lads miss. So I fielded the idea to Ken, fully expecting him to tell me to fuck off, like fully expecting him to be like, nah, man, I'm done. I was like, look, do you want to take a stab at it? We put 320 on the bar and we fucking go out in the shield and, you know, you know, at least then we know we did all we could. And he was like, there was not even any question. It was just like, load it. This was after him fainting and, and gouging a chunk out of my back as he was falling. And uh, yeah, he wanted it. So we, we loaded it. He goes out and, 
you know, we've all seen the, the clips and pulls it. Uh, it was m- unbelievable. One of the craziest Irish powerlifting moments I've I've ever seen. Um, the two lads, like I think Melvin had already missed at this point, and then Dammy went out to I believe three forty five and also missed. And yeah, or three forty two. I have it here actually. Three forty two, and I believe the two lads totaled eight twelve point five, and Ken totaled eight thirteen. If I'm not mistaken. It is a twelve point five Melvin total anyway, yeah. And Dammy, and Ken total eight thirteen, and yeah, that's that's how it shaked out. It was crazy, it was crazy. You know what? Whenever somebody asks me, when they say oh powerlifting, that's the thing, and then they like simulate a snatch, I say no. Often the clip that I show them is Ken's third pull. Okay, really? Nationals. Yeah, that's kind of my my go to. Do you know? That's um, good. It is crazy. It is crazy to think about it because it's. I have faith in you and him, and when you're like, yeah, we need the squat chip and got it, and I was like, Jesus man, I don't know. Like that was, I'd say, obviously tougher than you had factored in, and I don't think you had said it, but during bench, I was like, right, I don't think so, pal. Like it's, it's I said it, but I had said that. <laughs> okay, I thought you had said it, but I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna uh, put you on blast like that on the on the podcast. But although he's probably said it before, um, yeah, it it was like the fucking hand of God. Like I, it's yep. if one of these things, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, That's funny that yeah, I, that you when people ask you, you know, or say is is that powerlifting simulate the snatch motion that you that you like that happens all the time. I know, time, of course so. it does to every powerlifter. At this point, I just say, yep. That's the one. Sure. Yep. If that's what, if that's what <laughs> if that helps you sleep at night. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason it should be IOC um, credited or whatever, uh, the, word, we, we, whatever the word is. We won't go there. So, people, so when people say, oh, powerlifting, is that the thing? And they do like a, a squat. I'd be like, yeah, that's what that is. And it'll Thank never you. happen. Even with all the fucking creditations in the world, people will still mistake powerlifting for weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I have nothing to add. I, like I said, I'm I'm unprepared. The only thing, and it is a personal thing for Nationals, is Jack Ryan just coming in clutch and having a great day and, and just being in the right place at the right time and executing extremely well and coming second at Nationals. I, like, he he didn't... Um, Adam Duan was going to win. Like, there was that... Um, and we just we just made all of our attempts and he was super, super chill. And he came second, and it was my first time getting an athlete on the podium at Nationals. I don't know if he'd been at Nationals the year before. I don't think so. He may have been. No, he he, he was. That was an abs in 2022, wasn't that right? Yes. Then he, I think he did go to Nationals, but first time on the podium, that was a big, that was a big moment. And there was a bit me. of a battle there, too. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't easy. Like, Owen Shannon in particular was, was hot on his heels, and... I think if Owen had had his best day, I think he would have out-totaled him. Um, I think Jack was well more experienced than Owen, a lot older than Owen as well, and a bit of luck on the day, you know what I mean? Um, and the right attempt Owen selection, gonna, for sure. Like We, we yeah. had Jack in the position to, in in position, uh, in second place, and forced their move then, you know what I mean? So it was, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a highlight for me. Obviously, like we had said, the whole weekend was jam packed with high, high quality lifting, the highest I think we've seen so far. Amazing venue, and it opened up. 
I think a lot of people's minds about the potential of these competitions. For sure. Uh, one other highlight, uh, I only call it out because we're going to talk about him again in a while, um, but Cal, Cal Momani, was his first meet at 83, um, came second mm. to Damien, totaled I think 702.5 uh, after, I believe, missing his third pull for the junior total record at 83. But the only reason mm. I call it out is because he competed six just under six months previously at uh, Junior Worlds in Turkey in the 74-kilo class. He weighed in at 72.9, and at Nationals, he weighed in at 82.4, nearly Oof. 10 kilos <laughs> ten kilos up <laughs> in, uh, in five or six months. So, yeah. I remember I saw him, I think it was just before it or just after it, and it was my first time seeing him in a while up close, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's... It, it's it yeah you see this often with kind of lighter lifters when they go up it's like i think you would call it alex Krems, like alex squared or something like that yeah. and it's like they get new dimensions it's like what the fuck like where did this come from it's it's they're in a totally different um a totally different ball game it's crazy yep absolutely any other notable moments from nationals or will we move along i have i have the open open uh parroting here but i do, i straight up do not remember most of it. Um, cool. I know Ali's lifting was amazing. Yeah. I was spotting that as well. Look, you could go on and on and on and on and on. And there's a bunch of lifters here that I will shout out until I lose my voice, which I think I give them all a shout out in their own time. Uh, so we'll move on. We'll move on. Cool. So up next was Masters European Championships in Budapest and Hungary, which I attended alongside um, the other coaches, Jen Harrington, who's now the masters head coach uh clarice tiger very own and ben harrison fantastic meet excellent meet we'd mm. a, a, a mountain of lifters there um that you know were all notable in their own way um we had our own murray collins at that one i don't think joanne coogan was working with clarice at this point but joanne was there as well um mm. like I'm, again for fear of missing anyone that's where i'm gonna leave it but um yeah i think something like 30 medals maybe even more one overall mm. at the meet, one of the most, if not the winningest, um, Irish meet of all time. Um, so I like how you put that. Winningest, yeah, I love that word. <laughs> I love whipping that one out. Um, yeah. So no, I mean, incredible meet, an awesome experience. I was so glad to get to do it. Uh, really wanted to go and you know be there with the masters. Uh, I had yet to experience a, a masters international meet, so that that one is a real. Um, a real kind of bucket list one for me. Uh, I'm delighted mm. to have, have have got to to do it before I kind of dial back my my international meet uh, attendance. So yeah, no, awesome mm. competition and yeah, really one I will kind of always look back on for some of the the individual moments and, and experiences that I had at it. It it seems like a huge amount of fun. I know when we talked about it when you came back, uh, it, it seemed like it was just jammed full of full of moments the i'm only looking at the results list of course it's it's for everybody so it's it's totally jam-packed but i remember colin power i always forget how much of an absolute animal colin power is i know he 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 made an attempt at a huge pull and suffered a, a bicep tear at the end it seems like he's really back in flying form now at this stage over but fair play to him there's and a, Eve Savage. a story there as well in that um i know there is yeah which story are you talking about <laughs> The, uh, the cheater <laughs> yeah let's yeah no, yeah yeah, yeah. I, see I, I forgot the kind of well, fuck that guy first of all because that was the not detail. the story fuck i was gonna guy. was gonna go into um no sorry 
it was the well, fact that you're talking about cheating about your man who bet Colin Power having been popped in the past. Yeah, and Is that the, yeah, and his yeah. total just being massively improved on what it was after his doping ban, and the fact then that mm. Colin bicep tear Colin uh, was pulled in for testing, and your man wasn't. Um, you know, which is fucking ridiculous. But anyway, mm. we won't dwell on, on that because it is what it is. But no, the story was that Colin flew in the day he the day of competing. Yes. After having got zero hours of sleep the previous night because he was at a wedding. So he was telling me he was mm. up dancing on tables and shit at 4 a.m. And then drove to the airport, got on a flight and went straight to the, the competition venue and competed. And like all considering was having a fucking awesome day. And uh, unfortunately, it ended in disaster because, like, that pull was moving as well. You know, that pull was going. I don't think it yeah. would have mattered in the end because I think the Estonian ended up hitting his third pull as well to secure the 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 win. But uh, yeah, yeah, gas. Colin is a, a gas man. I'm really excited to see him make his return with hook grip Absolutely. too, which could be another thing that adds to the the total a little bit if it suits him. Fair play. Fair play, amazing. Yeah, it's the the Masters is, it's I think how you described it as a as a bucket list experience is seems so appropriate. Like it's it's something that I'd love to get to do at, at some point, um even on a national scene. They're like the best people to hang out with. Like I'm just scrolling through this list here. I see Benny Gilligan. We we can maybe touch on that later on. He wasn't working with us at this stage, but I know he's recently, recently signed up with uh like I said our very own Clarice, the best of us, um like him and Ray Collins I think those two people those two lifters exemplify what the masters are about they're just the best crack to be around and they're both absolute savages so yeah no it's it's I'd love to I'd love to join them on a trip at some point absolutely absolutely next up um Sheffield 2023 what a what a meet this was and and really Mm. one that kind of came for me anyway personally at a, a very very important time after some kind of disillusionment with the direction in which the IPF was heading. It's worth noting, because I don't, yeah, we didn't, that 2023 brought in a couple of controversial new rules. Um, the main one being the new bench rule. Um, so I was very unimpressed with that and a, and a few other kind of details, N- namely because I felt the bench rule was pandering to people that, you know, have nothing to do with the sport and will never ever have anything to do with the sport will never contribute anything to the sport and it was like it was just it was it was messing with part of the sport's identity like you know like yeah we we arch like we still arch that's the thing that's the the thing about this rule it hasn't fixed the arch you're still going to go into a commercial gym do a perfectly legal bench press and have the gym bros look at you being like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, A, you're gonna you're gonna hurt your back, or it doesn't mm. count. Do you know what I mean? It's like, why did we need to add this weird, discriminatory, complicated rule? Because there's certain people who can't fucking achieve the position that they're looking for now. Do you know? Meaning they're just completely mm. discriminated um against by the IPF. So I just I was really upset about that. And um, you know, even since I've seen you know, trust powerlifters to find every millimeter within the rules that they can, you know, because I've seen mm. someone, um, fuck, I forget her name. She's a French lifter, Alison Huet, right? Um, her, her bench technique now involves a 
deep yes, sink yes, into yes. the chest, a recovery of position with just her body. So she kind of she gets the press command, she re-arches, which you can, you know, you can do under load. Like it's it's generally not going to be um enough weight to kind of stop you from doing that, and then presses from her old arch position anyway. You know? So it's just like, hmm, so now we're making it look funkier for absolutely no reason. You know what I mean? Because I don't think mm. her bench outputs have gone down at all. <laughs> you know? It's just ah. Anyway, this kind of brings me around to the point. I, I was getting annoyed at stuff like that, and then Sheffield happened, and I was like, ah, fine, never mind. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. It was um Sheffield was was amazing. Like I almost I wasn't there. I and I got it because I had a ticket and I just couldn't um get my ducks in order to, to get myself over there. Um oh man, it was I was almost emotional just sat there watching it on TV, seeing the scenes and like hearing the and, and the audio was really poor and I could still hear how how big and how kind of hype the audience was, you know, how much of a presence the audience had. You could even see it mm. um in the kind of the decisions of I won't say the decisions of the jury, but like there was some some effect, you know, the audience would have because everyone in that audience was a powerlifter. You know, they all knew what was going on. So they all yeah. understood the kind of minutia, like and maybe someone's I don't know, something ridiculous there, like left knee would be would slightly unlock at the top of a deadlift and the whole audience would like react crazily, you know? Whereas that might yeah. might not have been flagged before and the and nothing might have been made of it. That was now a you know, a, a no lift. Which I don't know. There's there's something there's something cool about that. But yeah, it was it was just a ridiculous uh, meet and a, a real kind of proof of concept for SPD. Hmm. It seemed like for a lot of people, it was like yes, like the, it's such a nearly like um, there's a feeling. I know what the feeling is. It's almost like acknowledgement, or it's 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 like I'm not crazy. Like this is what it can be. And this is what it should be like this is what i see and this is what i feel when i'm when i'm on the platform it seemed like it was the truest representation of what uh tested raw powerlifting should be and it was fucking electric and you saw that in in the media like you said it was the kind of the first time a couple of powerlifting clips especially of this kind of lifting were to go like viral like the clip of uh keiko coming like waiting to come out onto the platform I like blown up on ESPN and all the kind of stuff like this. I I really understand off the back of that, like the value or the the merit of a high production value for these kind of competitions to sell meats and and grab attention. Do you know what I mean? And it it, it was such a cool thing. And I kind of didn't give a bollocks about it. Maybe leading up to it, um, and similar, I suppose, to yourself, because I know, I think Clarice had mentioned, oh, should we all get tickets, go over? And I was like, jeez, oh, really want to go somewhere for a fucking powerlifting meet. But uh, yeah, man, should have, absolutely should have. Um, yeah, a, a real a real kind of change in direction, I feel, for the sport. Or a turning point, maybe, is a little bit harsh, but but you know what I mean? That's the kind of feeling that even I had looking at it. So it was it was a very historic moment and a really, really cool thing to see. Absolutely. And obviously it's worth shouting out the winners. Um, Eva Cargan, who like a lot of most, I, th- I I think it's fair to say 
the majority of people watching didn't know who Evie was. Mm. She cut down from the 57s to the 52s and just ran away with it and won by, by a pretty big margin, uh, which mm. was crazy. And then went on to chip that again at Worlds in Malta, which we'll come to. Um, yeah, crazy lifter. And then, of course, Jesus Alvarez won on the male side, uh, beating, you know, like putting a significant amount on a record that I didn't know we would ever see fall from Ray Williams, mm. you know? Mm. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, it was just, that was ridiculous. It was, and even though the dramatics there on Jesus' third pull, I don't know if you remember that. Um, yeah, sure, we see it in his training every week, don't we? In fact, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was a no lift initially, right? And then the jury, his coach you saw running across the stage and then the jury overturned it. Um, I didn't agree with them. I thought it was a no lift. I thought his knees were soft, to be honest, but... Mm. It was incredible. It was an, an, an amazing moment. You know, it, yeah, it was just cool. And I have tickets for this this next one. And I'm definitely, I need to book flights. Actually, that's what I'm going to do after this. I'll book flights over. Amazing. And, uh, Super duper. We'll see you. Yeah. Is there tickets still available? There might be. Worth a look. Worth a look. Might have a look. Might have a look, but I probably won't. Junior Nats was next up on the calendar. You want to jump on? 100%. Yeah, so Junior Nationals, I don't know about you, but I think in times past, Junior Nationals has felt like not a particularly serious competition. And in the in, in the last like year or so, yeah, it has felt like it has gotten more and more serious. But I think 2023 Junior Nationals has really set the stage for this to be an invite-only, effectively, national-level event. Some serious, serious lifting goes down at these things. And... I suppose similar to a lot of 2023 meets, this felt like a proof of concept that the juniors can show up and it, it's 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 only leading into being incredibly competitive, scary competitive uh, Junior Nationals 2024. But we had we had a handful of lifters uh, doing it. I was on the mic for a lot of it, so I got kind of first, um, first or front row seats, I should say, for it. But in terms of highlights, I need to... I have, need to pull I have a couple list. here in front of me, so... Of course, we had Callum O'Mahony winning best lifter by 0. 0.01 dots, um, mm. just chipping Ewan Kalmick's, um dot score uh, for the win. I think on a 3.01 kilo pull. Uh, That's right. Incredible moment. I think a 7.21.5 total as well, which is a which was a junior national record. I think taking again Ewan's um, junior total record. Um, from from maybe the year previous, so yeah, mm. that was that was awesome. That was that was crazy, um, really really fun one for Cal and another kind of, I guess testament because Cal now is headed into this next year, uh, his last year as a junior. He's staying at eighty three, even though he de- desperately needs to to move up for the sake of he's the massive. Like. Yeah, he's very tall for the sake of the year that's in it anyway. We're gonna stay at uh, at eighty three, and uh, mm. I know. A notable lifter in Adam Duan is after moving up, um, oh. who I think unfairly flew under the radar last year, maybe because I don't know. It's hard to I think because Cal moved up from seventy four and maybe uh, other notable lifters. There wasn't really any competition at seventy four, so it wasn't as yeah. kind of heated a class as as it had been the year previous. Um, mm. It'll be great to see Adam move up. And uh, and I know there's you still have I, I'm not sure if um, 
Adam McAlpine is still a junior or if he's even still 83. I'm, I'm unsure. Let me have a look at him here now. 22 in... He was 22 in uh, junior sub-junior Euros. Okay, so it's possible. Hopefully he is anyway because, you know, mm. there's a, a few few strong people then at 83 and it'll be... Definitely isn't a, you know, a surefire win for Cal. Cal will definitely have to, to pull out all the stops on the day, which which is awesome because otherwise it would have just been kind of an awkward middle child qualification meet ahead of Junior Worlds, you know, whereas mm. I think these meets should all be contested and everyone should have to put up their all, you know, that's part of, I think, the process of earning international spots. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, no, um, that was a, a very notable moment. And then, of course, uh, for me, Andrew Rowe, uh, debuting at 105, hitting, I believe, a 737.5 kilo total to to put him second behind that's right. Liam McManus on the back of a 280 pull that neither of us thought was going to go and it went yeah. quite easily <laughs> um so that was awesome it was his first meet at 105 and if anyone's been following like we had him in the last episode we had him on um mm. so if you're interested in andrew and his training and his kind of trajectory go and listen to that episode because i'm very very excited um for for andrew's final junior year at 105 mm. God, it's I'm, I'm kind of reeling at the at the moment looking back on this. Um, somebody I feel uh, uh, first of all, just get back to a lifter I have a lot of respect for, and I know I'm always Im- impressed about how he strong he is. Adam McAlpin is a tall eighty three as well. You know what I mean? Like I I could see him putting on some serious mass over there over the years, and even potentially ending up at one hundred five at some point. Like I feel like he's another lifter that just give him his day, and he'll agree. he'll shock you. I agree. Absolutely, and I felt the same for. Sorry, crack. I was just going to say before we risk moving on to anyone else. Adam Duan is an eighty-three kilo lifter. You know, like he is built for eighty-threes. Yeah. Like he is literally like if you look at the eighty-threes of old, the likes of Brett Gibbs, like that's Adam. Mm. You know, he it's yeah. Uh, I think I had first heard it from Mark McQueen back in twenty fifteen or so. That uh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. I know, but... right? Jujitsu <laughs> fallen to jujitsu, but. Uh, he he had said, and I think it was he or someone else famously said it that high uh, weight classes are high classes in disguise. And I know Andrew Blackwood has been saying that again recently, and it's true. Mm. You know what I mean? So eighty threes are the perfect class for Adam. Like he is perfectly built for that class. So I'm expecting yeah. him to to put up a total that is going to surprise an awful lot of people. Do you know? And, and be a Absolutely. very big improvement on his previous best. I think six eighty five was his previous best total at seventy four. So I'm very excited for that. I'm very glad to skip back to him because when you were talking about him or you, you kind of mentioned him, I wanted to give him a shout out. I give him a lot of shit. He's one of my favorite people to slag. But Jesus, his training recently has been disgusting. It's, yeah, it's, I didn't anticipate that kind of growth. Like even, so he totaled 685, like you said, at 74, he weighed 73.5 in Romania at, at Junior Worlds. He's still young. He was like 21, I think at the time. Yeah what he's been putting up recently has been amazing, you know, and, and I don't think he's maxed out the 83s just yet in, in such a short period of time. No, he hasn't. Oh, excuse me. Um. So yeah, no, he, he's really, really one to watch. Um. Somebody we skipped over at before um, Nationals, and I think we even skipped over in this conversation, but somebody who really surprised me was Alex Elliott. Now, yeah. surprised me for the most part because I didn't know who he was. Um. And we were like, 
nah, Callum has him has him handy. He's he's non-factor. Like it'll be between Adam McAlpin and Alex Elliott for third place. But Alex Elliott is a strong motherfucker. Like to be fair to him, um, again, very very young. What age is he at the moment? Twenty one. Um, it seems like there's a ton of gains to be made. I think he's made a significant amount of progress, particularly in the bench press, in recent months. Like you're talking a one eighty bench, uh, for a, a junior eighty three. Come on, like he's he's absolutely another really really good one to follow. Big time. I think he's moving to ninety three. I had heard through the grapevine. Okay. So that'll be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, the 93s is a class that I'd love to see get a bit of a shake-up. Yeah. I don't know if that's kind of fair to say. Um, yeah, again, another one, another big name moving up. Supposedly, I've been hearing this for a long time, but it's kind of been verified here and there, is, is Damien Nam, who's who's mm. just had a kid, which I assume will kind of affect things, at least affect his availability to, to compete. Um, but the, the, the word on the street is that Damien is after moving up to 93 as well. Um, so that's that's... If you're looking for a shake-up mm. there it is there it is nowhere safe no nowhere is safe which is great that's the way that's the way it needs to be that's the most productive place for the sport to be in ireland certainly certainly I mean, there's a whole list of people i could mention but it's it's a little bit redundant that, at that point yep no awesome meet and like you say really was really was for me anyway a meet to put junior nats on the map because I am so excited for Junior Nats 2024. Like, I am so goddamn excited. We've we so many lifters and so many battles, which for me as a coach, kind of selfishly, is what gets me going for, for competitions. Like, this yeah. pre-game kind of, you know, anxiousness surrounding game plans. Like, I, I'm, I'm already in the mode of kind of, you know, quote-unquote scouting. It feels a bit kind of cringy to say that, but I'm just trying to get an idea yeah. of, like, what other people, what their kind of comp day tendencies are in terms of jumps and what we'll need to do to try and put us in the best position possible. Uh, it's mm. so exciting, so exciting. Powerlifting, powerlifting psyops. Before we move on, super quick, I know, uh, and speaking of battles and speaking of Junior Nationals 2023, I was, I had the best seat in the house for Katrina Connolly yes. versus Ava Foley. Jesus Christ, down to the wire. And I had somebody mentioned this to me recently about the they admired the trust and the faith that Katrina had in Alex to be making these calls and to put it down to the wire so I think that they were quite tit for tat in the um, on the way up to deadlifts and Ava started to pull away because Katrina maybe had a bit of a speed wobble on her opening and second attempts bit of down the room whatever like was completing the lifts with some technical things so made the jump that she needed to go for the win because i suppose like you're at that level you're bombing out or you're look you're i suppose you're risking bombing out going for the win or you're getting what like second place in the total pr no i think especially if alex is in your corner it's it's your hell or high water you're going for broke and it was such an amazing moment and yeah katrina locked it in and pulled away with the win and yeah that's that's the kind of battle that you're talking about that is is hyper productive for the sport and for weight classes and it, it's so amazing to watch it yeah. that's a story you know what i mean like if we had totally if, if we had people mic'd up and we had like decent cameras capturing stuff in the back imagine the like mm. footage that could go into a like a recap or an edit of that that moment not just necessarily mm. the performance because i often think we get lost in the individual performances there's way more totally. going on and someone had kind of called out um 
oh, what's the, the F1 doc called again? Drive to Survive. Drive, drive to Survive, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the potential for something like that at a product you meet is huge because, like, there's mm. so much more than just the, the lift that happens outside. Like, I can remember there was, so, um, I think it was Cal or maybe it was Andrew, one of the two, and there was a bit of a battle going on at a certain point. And I remember coming around, Cal had just completed his lift, we'll say, came around the corner and like Jay and like a couple of other abs coaches were stood there and I just kind of, I did this big celebration in front of them. Like it would have just been a funny moment on, you know, if it was edited up correctly. So there's so many of those types of moments. Like that was, that was so much fun for me to be part of. Um, Yeah, I'd love to see a big push on that it'll probably come down to the individual i think it's going that way yeah it, it, it feels like it's going that way for sure i'd love to kind of be part of that you know be part of kind of mm. from a third party kind of point of view not necessarily the fed doing it but you know just individuals taking it on themselves i know um what's his name i know i only know his instagram handle which is annoying because i've i've like known of this guy for a very long time but powerlifting boy has just kind of jumped in and started doing damn yeah i'm gonna try and get his name there now because i'm the same his own things recently and they've been great it's been awesome you know um so i'd love to see some more of that uh, from some very creative people in 2020. i could see it this is maybe a little bit of a barrett doherty yes it's it's terrible i thought i thought it was powerlifting boy was the handle i thought that was the name in it as well i was like fuck's sake man come on we want to shout you out um I could see a higher availability of meets, uh-huh. right? And less athletes participating, potentially helping that because you have maybe more space in the warm-up room to facilitate that because there's in venues past or competitions past, it's been jammed and we're already kind of struggling to manage warm-up rooms effectively. So either bigger, better venues, which are on the way in the RHPF, I'm super excited for 2024, or higher availability of competitions, meaning less places i don't know if you agree with me or think that makes sense but but to facilitate maybe a higher production value or more attention to each maybe individual lifter maybe this is at a national kind of level where there's less lifters anyway mm-hmm. but a lot of cool stuff happens at opens too but anyway that's 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 besides the point barrett Doherty, really cool videos amazing cool videos especially of christmas clash just gone um yeah yeah. Next meet on the calendar was Open Worlds uh, in Malta, IPF Open Worlds. Um, mm. This was a interesting meet um, for powerlifting because obviously we had just come off the back of Sheffield, which I didn't think the IPF would be able to, to match. I didn't think they'd be able to maintain that standard. And, like, well, they didn't, but... Worlds was far better than expected. Like they really put a lot more attention um, into the kind of spectatorship side of things. Even just the way the venue was laid out, it was laid out in such a fashion that even with kind of a lot less people there, it felt so much more. It felt so much more hyped than previous, you know, uh, previous international meets I'd been to. Um, so I was, yeah, I was really, really impressed, and again, was very positive for for kind of the future of the sport based on that one um you know it was <laughs> i think the location helped helped a lot as well because it was literally in the middle of um saint julian's in malta which is like you know a really 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 busy kind of uh party nightclub oriented spot um but like a large amount of the audience is like 
it was you'd have to show up they did it in like a prime time um format which i actually love personally i know some people don't like it but i do i just think some people feel that like competitors miss out on their moment but i i don't think that at all to be honest i like i know for myself as someone who has been lifting a long time and will continue to lift a long time you know coming dead last and lifting in the b flight at worlds would be amazing for me you know it would just be another competition where i get to to ultimately realize a massive dream i i have no problem with not necessarily lifting alongside someone who's gonna out total me by 200 plus kilos you know mm. um yeah so yeah it kind of is what it is i love the prime time format because you'd have to get there an hour early just to get a seat it was absolutely packed and a lot of the audience was drinking beer <laughs> uh or, or these yeah. weird kind of sel- like hard seltzer things uh as we were watching the lifting and it was kind of it felt like the kind of same spirit of Sheffield like there was loads of moments where something would happen and the audience would have a crazy reaction to the smallest thing like from the outside looking in it probably looked ridiculous but in the moment Mm. it felt amazing and where that really kind of came to was in the 74s where you had Taylor Atwood you had Tim Monagatti and you had Carl Johansson and sadly you didn't have uh, Kel Kel Backeland there was some weird situation with nominations. He ended up competing in the B flight, which is a shame because he just competed there at Open Euros and totaled, I think, more than the winner of the 74s at Worlds. Oh, so wow. it would have been really, really cool to have him in that battle as well. But um, I guess that's what that's next year. Um, yeah, Carl Johansson ended up pulling, I think, 328 for the win. Something along those lines, beating Taylor mm. Atwood and Tim Monagatti in spectacular fashion. And it was insane. It was the most hyped powerlifting moment I've ever, ever been involved in. It was absolutely insane. Uh, and and mm. you know what? The the rest of the week really was on that. All the primetime sessions were that hyped. Like it was it was really awesome. And even though for us as a as an Irish team, we only had four lifters, which was a little bit kind of deflating. Very, you know, for me personally, it was very deflating because I'm a big fan of being involved in every single session that we can be, even if it's mm. like very grueling from a scheduling point of view. That's my personal preference. Um, but yeah, um, overall, it was amazing. Brittany Schlater then winning the 84 pluses with Bonica Brown bombing out again in spectacular fashion uh, and kind of taking on the role of villain in a certain sense because of her reaction to bombing out. Uh, yes. That was also another another highlight for me. Um, yeah. Any Those kind of upsets are so good for the sport. I I wasn't I wasn't um I wasn't following it too closely. I totally get the feeling of the sending a small team being a little bit deflating. I know from you and I, I think I'd feel similarly is that you you're there to be in the trenches and to be a part of it all, do you know what I mean? So, so to not, not be in a position to to be coaching, 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 you know, I, I can imagine is is like I imagine you feel like, well, this is what I'm here for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but those kind of upsets, absolutely, like Brittany Schlater and Carl Johansson, that's the kind of stuff that that really I feel like in powerlifting it can be a little bit of a pain in the ass because it's almost like you know the results sometimes before you even go into it because it's objective like it's well this person is stronger than this person that's it but being the best part of on the day matters 
a whole lot and and there's there's so much that goes into it so these kind of upsets are very very refreshing and they're very very exciting and maybe that's facilitated by the primetime sessions i don't have a huge strong opinion on it but um i, I think even from a marketing point of view it makes it easier uh, or makes it better or makes the sport maybe a little bit more attractive which is not nothing you know that means it means an awful lot especially if we're trying to grow the sport so I, I can kind of see both sides but i i probably lean towards how you feel about the primetime stuff and yeah no it, it's I suppose I can imagine that the IPF wanted to not let Sheffield steal the limelight or wanted to take a couple of lessons from it, from even from a marketing point of view, which it absolutely should. Maybe it should take take a few more. But um, I was very optimistic after Worlds this year. I was like, okay, the IPF can learn and can take a few take a few lessons, take a bit of inspiration from, from other meets. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that's fair to say? Yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was it was promising because I was expecting after Euros, uh, which was terrible in Poland, to <laughs> go to Worlds in Malta, which was the biggest drawback was it was unbelievably expensive. Like there's it was complete like way too expensive. Um, so you kind of can't have everything. Um, mm. But I was expecting it to be equally um, not lift or spectator friendly somehow. Um, so no, I was mm. very, very, very pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. But um, nice, yeah. And then in terms of our own lifters at it, we had, uh, of course, Don Stacy, uh, who hit a 1.5 kilo total PR, um, but ha- just had a great meet. Uh, and I think took a lot away from it as well. Um, definitely, I think there was kilos left um, for her. So very excited to see her come back once she's had her first child. Um, I think she's due in maybe three or four months. That's very, very exciting. Congratulations. I think February, March is what I what I heard. But yeah, that's super exciting. Congratulations, Dawn. Uh, Emma McDermott, we had come in and just have a fucking awesome day. Uh, I think totaling 470 handily. I think like Bench didn't really show up on the day as I expected that it would. Um, but I, I, I think like on her best day at that meet, she had 100 kilos uh, in the tank, which would have thrown another five kilos on the total. Third pole moved amazingly well 207.5 fuck Connor Odyssey uh <laughs> moved great was absolutely delighted with that delighted to be there and witness it as well because it was just it was great yeah fair play Emma amazing um after that we had Kean Madden I don't think Kean had the day he wanted but it doesn't fucking matter because Kean's gonna be at the next meet Kean just can't say no to an international meet mm. <laughs> um I love that about him he's just he's always willing to show up yeah Absolutely. He's always showing up. He's he's consistent. I give him that one hundred percent. And he's such a great spirit to have in the warm up room. Great dude. Oh, great, great dude. Um, but yeah, fine we'll, there, man. We'll touch on him again. He he bounced back. Safe to say after that meet. And then Ali Ali O'Reilly, uh, just having the absolute meet of her life, really. Um, mm, off the absolutely. back of nationals that, like on paper, looked amazing. I know she was a little bit disappointed with it, um, because I think she had been quite sick in the lead up to nationals. Um, still pulled out a, a great 517.5 total. Um, Worlds rolls along and she totals 532.5 and comes fourth in the world, which or fifth rather, which is awesome. The highlight being bit the the bench uh, bench flight there mm. because so of course the, the the queen in that class is Amanda Lawrence who totals something ridiculous. I can't remember. I think I want to say well over 600. Hundred. Um, See if I can find her here. Yeah, yeah. Sure Amanda Lawrence. Uh, eighty-four 
636.5. Jesus Christ. Oh. But anyway, bench, it came down to Hearn Alley for, for bench gold, which was just awesome. So we had noticed um, ahead of time that Amanda, so Ali's bench opener was 120. Uh, Ali's bench opener, or Amanda's bench opener was 122.5. Ali had lot number playing to her advantage, and she also had body weight. So I kind of feel that the idea to Ali of bumping her bench opener up 2.5, which means that we would go last in the flight, and we would literally just be following Amanda's jumps, you know? So yeah. so Ali agreed, and that's what we did. We went 122. Um, we matched their jump to 127, moved, moved it significantly better than they did. I was like, ah, mm. class, like... They're going to miss the third of 130 and we just win gold. And whether Ali gets 130 or not, um, amazing. Mm. But in the spirit of very high level competition, uh, Amanda goes out, somehow smokes 130, makes it look way better than her second attempt. And unfortunately, Ali missed 130. Um, but I'm sure she'll be back to uh, to avenge that one. And some probably. Um, I know she, I know she recently com- competed at the Christmas qualifier. And I think I don't think 130 fell there either. I know it did at uh, Bench Nationals which we'll come to in a while. But, uh, mm. you know, the way Ali's training has been going, I'm sure we'll see 130 become, you know, opener weight um, before long. Absolutely. No, her training recently has really, really surprised me. Always when very, very strong lifters have just a surge in training, which can happen, uh, it's always super, super exciting because it's like where, like, the sky is the limit. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Masters Nationals, next up. We had a bit of a bench. We, 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 Masters and bench now, so I suppose we're in the... Masters was first. The same. Okay, sorry, I see it here first on the on the list, and I thought I thought you were going to skip it. Because, like, it's bench nationals. It's not for everyone. Um, Certainly not for me or, me or Adam. Um, I suppose in that sense, it's no different to any other nationals that, that we're, we're not going near it as athletes. But um, Masters nationals, again, sort of like junior nationals was kind of the feeling that I had for it. It was a proof of concept that masters deserve their own day and they can show up and they can really really impress which they they absolutely did and and i'm glad we found ourselves quite busy on that day um and again i found myself in a very advantageous position of being a spotter and loader for one of the flights and had a great view um so the names popping up on my my list here is anthony mcleggan as always just astonishes me as a lifter and how he even just conducts himself it's it seems like the most sustainable way of lifting ever because he just rocks in, does his thing, and goes home. Like it's and it was his birthday, I believe, as well, which was super cute. We were saying happy birthday to him on the on the day. Am I remembering that right? I think so. I think so. Well, we sang him happy birthday, whether it was his birthday or not. Might be a situation like we we do to you every every now and then. Um, yeah, like a twenty point five with a four ninety seven dots. Uh, look, and it has since smashed it i believe like it's let me go into him for a second northern ireland meets um fascinate me i have to say a 20.5 a total 840.5 since then at the northern ireland top 10 meets this was just two weeks ago three weeks ago um insane lifter and is it, it's a terrible thing that that the masters can very much contend with the open lifters in a lot of classes and so you want to see the masters get their their just desserts and get the the day that they deserve but some of them are nearly overshadowed by the open do you think that's fair to say or think that's a little bit harsh well i actually think that masters 
is probably due a bit of a reshuffle, kind of a la the I totally agree. 69 and 76 kilo weight classes. Like, I think the sport is evolving into a point where Masters 1 probably could be pushed back 10 years. Like, I think, yeah. especially in the next 10 to 20 years, if the sport can at least maintain the kind of trajectory it's on and not dwindle uh, or see any kind of seismic shifts in, in, in how it kind of is presented... I think we're going to mm-hmm. see a lot of M1s be up there, you know? Like if we've already seen it. We've already seen it yeah. like Alice McLean at uh, IPF Worlds. Yeah, and like you know, yeah, I I just think that the the kind of upper end for strength potential is kind of unique to powerlifting as a sport, you know, where I think that we could probably mm. see Masters 1 be pushed back to you know, 50 and and so on, you know? But um totally yeah, yeah, totally. I get what you're saying. In terms of our own kind of personal highlights, we had Mairead Collins um, coming out with a 15 kilo total PR. It was awesome. I know she's made a ton of progress since then as well. So I'm very excited to see Mairead hit the platform again next year. Very, very soon. I believe. Eight weeks time. Yep, absolutely. So that'll be fun. And then we had Joanne Coogan uh, hitting a 6.5 kilo total PR, kind of overcoming some mental uh, hurdles, I believe, around squats. And coming second to Neve Savage, who is just, you know, uh, one of the all-time kind of great Irish uh, female Masters lifters. So, yeah, mm. awesome, awesome meet for them. The uh, From the outside looking in, like we were handling Mark Dowling, who's always just such a pleasure to be around in, in competition and handles himself in such an admirable way when he's lifting is so stoic until until it's time to deadlift, especially this third pull. Um, he had a great day with, with the... National record pull of 278, finished with 635.5 um, at 83 kilos body weight. He cut down for it. And I, I remember chatting to him beforehand. I didn't exactly rate that plan. But look, man, he's he he pulled it off. Do you know what I mean? So he he's always a great lifter to be around. And when we're talking about the, the upper limit for strength potential as we age, I can only see Mark Dowling getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Like he's... He's young enough, he's 43, like he's barely, barely into the Masters, you know what I mean? Yep. I, I'm seeing him have an absolutely savage uh, career going forward. And a couple of other guys I feel similarly about, like Stephen Maguire, uh, just, just starting off in the Masters as well, competed at 93 and totaled 652.5. And I remember I was spotting him at the time, it seemed like there was kilos to spare as well. You know what I mean? Warren Yelverton was another guy I was really, really impressed with. 50 years of age, totaling 622.5 as a 93. Again, huge, huge progress to be made. Remind me, um, Dave, Biceps Whirl, was this the meet where he came back or was this the meet that he hurt himself in? <laughs> he So he had been back since. Um, he had competed. Okay. So he hurt himself last, at the previous Masters Nationals. Uh, okay, right. I see. I'm getting my years mixed up. He had the bicep tear occurred on, I believe it was two seventy point five, um, and then he competed at uh, Europeans. Uh, like f- for the day that it was, had a great day. Some unfortunate issues, I believe, with squat depth. That they were just, you know, it was very tough. And then he came back at this meet and just had a fucking awesome, um, awesome session. I think reattempted. Mm. Uh, 270.5 it was close and there was some technical um, issue there that meant he didn't get it but he had a good good 
you know, crack off it with no issues. So it was, yeah, it was a great meet for Dave. Mm. He's very, very strong. I always kind of forget his, his strong. One eighty, like one eighty point five bench, like. 250.5 squat, 180.5 bench, 261. So a record, a record pull nonetheless with a 692 total at 51 years of age. Come on. Like, he's, I feel like he is going to get much stronger in future as well. But yeah, a bunch, a bunch of names that that we could, that we could call out, but like they're, they're amazing. Um, on a personal note, Lorna Ward, who trains in chaos with me very often had a great day she's always such a delight to be around and, and i hope i wish her the best in the meets going forward um and as i'm scrolling through this list it's just more and more people who are doing amazing so look we'll we're just going to run through our own highlights for bench nationals pretty it is kind of what it says on the tin bench only meet i'm not amazingly interested in bench only meets personally uh if you want to talk more on it after connor you can we had Che winning the 93s, just edging out uh, a key and Madden for the win, so that was cool. Adam Lachnan winning gold in the 105s, I believe. That doesn't sound right. Was he? What did Melvin compete at? Was Melvin 120 for this one? That's a good question. Melvin might have been. I, I think I was just going to scroll down here now and see. Mr. Melvin Conte, he competed at 120, he uh, 107.5. That makes sense. So Adam winning gold in the 105s. Uh, Connor Conaghan winning gold in the 74s. Joanne Coogan, who benched a Masters record of 89 the day previous, competed again the next day and benched 90.5, coming second to a very on-form Emma McDermott. So that was great. And then a really, really fun battle for kind of just the best bench uh, of the day, or the, at least the, the, the strongest, the, the, the highest bench of the day between John Slattery and Melvin. I think Melvin just pipped John by... 0.5 um they both mm. bench 220 as far as i'm concerned so yeah class mm. a fun a fun little um fourth and fifth attempt session afterwards which is fantastic i love that kind of stuff where we just say you know we're here to, like i know this is a competition and this is a proper sport and we do things by the book but we're also here to lift weights and have fun you know what i mean so that especially on masters not no sorry not masters that's on bench nationals when it's such a short day you have the time to have to crack you know that was that was a lot of fun and again a couple of a couple of personal highlights i want to give a quick shout out to my guy ushin benny short who set the sub junior bench record for 93 kilo lifter at 160 and he has my fan my first national record holder in a lifter and he doesn't let me forget that he benches way more than me um and he's significantly younger than me but he's got a huge huge future in the sport he's already uh, doing 160 for reps, doing 165, 170 for reps soon. Um, look, he, he's a great guy, super consistent, and he's going to do damage. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to him, especially in what is going to be a very, very competitive junior year now next year. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Next event on the Irish powerlifting calendar was the Abs Pro, which I was particularly interested in, especially off the back of the Clash, sat down, spent the day watching it. And it did not disappoint. Um, had a very, very interesting lifter. Again, these were a lot of these were new names, but I had kind of followed up. I'd been following the the hype, so I, I knew who uh, who was kind of um, favorite to win, and that was definitely Nicholas uh, Dupriez. And it looked like he was going to absolutely run run away with it. To be quite honest, of course, you had Dave Richardson as well, twenty twenty two's Abs Pro winner. 
um, and you know you could be sure he was going to give it his best effort. But Boris Boris Tsvetskov, I believe is how you say his name, just is ridiculously strong. Young guy as well, like twenty three or twenty four, or like was he? Yeah, way younger than I than I thought. Um, I might be wrong there. Fuck. But anyway. Uh, Nicholas is crazy young as well, I believe. Yeah. I don't think he's quite that young, but I believe he's he's 26, 27. Yeah, yeah. Boris, anyway, comes through at like 104 point something kilos body weight and uh, squatted 400 kilos quite handily, uh, benched well over to, to I think 230 something and uh, secured his win uh, over Nicholas and, and everyone else uh, on his second pull of 380. Uh, and attempted 400 for his third. I think he narrowly missed. Uh, I think he might have like had a little kind of bit of an owie at the top or something. But six twelve dots <laughs> uh, for the win there. So yeah, that was mm. that. That meet did not disappoint. It was awesome. That was. I think that was the first. I did I catch it? No, I think I was there the next day, and I just saw, or I was following it very closely online. And it seemed amazing. Um, I wasn't there on the day. I'd meant to go just to see Nicholas because I'd I'd followed him on Instagram for ages. And when I saw that they were getting him in, I was like, this is unbelievable. I was amazed to hear that it was his first meet outside of South Africa, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember I was driving in because the Abs Teens was the next day. And I had two guys do that meet. Uh, really, really fun meet. I suppose that was my first time interacting interacting on the day um but i remember i saw nicholas walking down the road as i was driving in and i was like if i hit him with the car my car is destroyed like he is if yeah you, if you're not familiar he is a brick shit house he is enormous i think i saw on instagram earlier on he's like seven percent body fat and is weighing like close to, to close to 140 he's just a freak of an individual you know and it's it's this might be rude to say but to see freaks just lift insane weights is incredibly appealing you know what i mean it's just it's such a cool thing it kind of takes me back to old school like strongman events where it's 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 almost like a sideshow but these are incredibly professional athletes who are at the top of their game and i suppose you can only call them freaks in the sense that they are so far away from the the average human it's 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 really really impeccable to watch we were only talking about in the gym earlier on because we were talking about kind of local strongman competitions with the January open up January open coming up very soon and that's in a strongman gym we were talking about promoters calling them performers as opposed to athletes and that you're there to put on a show as opposed to lift uh, and compete in a sport so it's kind of cool it, it it reminds me of that or reminds me of a nice kind of middle ground where they're they're treated with the utmost respect and they're very very respectful and professional but what they do is just freaky you know what i mean so it's i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to these events and kind of interacting with more with these events in the coming in the coming year in the coming years absolutely yeah 100 percent. and another mm. obvious one on the female side of things to shout out is denise herber um mm. who is ridiculously strong i think she's currently ranked 11th overall on open powerlifting oh my god um unbelievably <laughs> strong i know she has since gone on to, to i think she totaled 652 at the the pro and has gone on to total even more 665 or 667 or something like that at the american pro 67 um the american pro 2 32 years of age 667 with a 658 point six two dots that's bananas yeah ridiculous so crazy crazy strong even you know 
up there. What did I say? Boris 612 dots. So we had a 646 dots go down <laughs> from Denise Herber. So arguably the, the main event of that show, to be honest. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, that'll be cool to watch. I'm, I'm going to look out for the... Abs are very, very good at their social media. I'm envious of it. Um, and their kind of promotion of the athletes is something I admire a whole lot. So I'm looking forward to to seeing seeing who they get in because they seem to be good at getting a new talent each year. So I'm, I'm looking out for that one. Absolutely. Uh, next one was sub-junior and junior worlds in Romania. I did not attend this one. Um, we didn't have a whole pile of our own lifters at it either. We just had Callum who didn't really have a great meet. There was a couple of factors that went into it, but I think an important kind of meet for a lifter who's just gone from strength to strength to strength. Do you know, it's, I think, important mm. to uh, to have these little kind of setbacks here and there to, to you know, to keep us going, to keep us kind of, you know, grounded as well. Um, but, there, you know, I'm not even going to go into the kind of some of the things that, you know, we're behind that performance. It is what it is. He'll be back for the next mm. one for sure. Um, biggest. You need that. Yeah, definitely. Biggest. You need a, a, a bad day every now and then. Hundred percent. Biggest and kind of most notable thing for me from that meet was Listus just absolutely steamrolling the class. Um, again, <laughs> four gold medals, squat bench deadlift total. Um, you know, one of the best lifters we've ever put on an international stage i'm very very excited to see that continue absolutely i think if the if listus shows the same kind of longevity as barry and dammy or not dammy sorry damien i only confused the two because i went to look for uh dammy on open powerlifting there i typed in dammy and damien nam came up first and i, I just thought that was funny i thought <laughs> i thought it was gas and um, if listus because listus is still mad young i don't know what what age she is but she's still crazy young and and whenever you're talking about goat status in any sport it's easy to get caught up in people who are hot shit right now but it i feel like somebody who can stand the test of time is really the one who can be put in contention the most do you know what i mean this, this is 22 she's a junior i'm significantly older than she is this bananas um yeah, it it is a freak athlete who obviously works incredibly, incredibly hard, and has become more and more consistent as time goes on, which is great to see. It seems like she's really kind of maturing as an athlete after a lot of really cool, really good competitions where I feel like maybe some individual things didn't quite go her way, but it seems like she's really coming into her stride now. So, even freakier things on the way. Certainly, yeah, absolutely. Next one up, westerns. My, ba- my baby, my, my Westerns. Man, it's it's tough for the whole thing to not be a highlight. It is a highlight. I suppose it being a weekend thing, and I kind of love that about Westerns because it's it's easy with work. Um, You know, we, we brought a really, really good team. I suppose quite a large team for the, the length and duration of the competition, and it was incredibly successful, you know, particularly on the ladies' side of things. Like, I have my notes here now in a moment. But it was in Iceland, in Reykjansbær, Iceland. Um, really, really cool venue. Everything was so close together. Like, the hotel was five minutes from the airport. Venue was five minutes from the hotel. Really, really cool venue. Like, this old, almost, like, Soviet-style training facility, training hall with a really, really cool gym with a lot of old equipment. You know, there was pool. There was a big open arena with, like, this built-in tiered seating. A lot of cool stuff. 
the the organizers were super super sound so we had joanne clark coming in in the 47 kilo class uh bronze medals four bronze medals squat bench deadlift in total with a national record in the squat we had amelia clark with a gold medal on bench we had Catherine Kumartin with a silver medal on deadlift and a national record, bronze total. We had Lotta Leinberger with a silver squat bench and total. Megan Fitzpatrick with, I believe, is gold all round. They have it here that it's it was gold squat, silver bench deadlift, and golden total. So our Western European champion in Megan Fitzpatrick, she had an absolutely amazing day. And another highlight was her bringing her dad. He was such a character and such a cool guy. You know what I mean? So that was that was really, really nice to see. And Claire Patterson, obviously an amazing athlete as well, like silver in the squat and a record, Western European record bench, 135.5 silver deadlift and silver overall. And the ladies team, bronze overall. So like it's it was just absolutely jam-packed with amazing moments and medals and records and stories. And they were such a great team. To be around you know there was there was plenty of plenty of socializing and you know what i mean <laughs> you know what i mean when i say that it was just such a fun time like the lads the lads side on western euros this year was incredibly competitive i don't know who these people they brought out were especially the british team and the italian team were amazing you know what i mean but we we did have some some medals so jay kaga got a second place in the deadlift with 325 he I'm not sure how he felt about his day. I think he w- he was a little bit disappointed. He had some issues with the squad in terms of like the equipment and and some of the calls that were made, particularly on his third, were were a little bit questionable. But I I was very impressed with how he took it in his stride, and he's just one of these guys that he's just so cool and fun to have around, and his energy is just so infectious. So I really really rate him as an athlete, and it's the second time that I've been in a position to handle kind of handle him or assist in handling him at international so he's he's great um jack didn't come away with any medals but he had a great day and i think it was a really what is the word i'm looking for he really enjoyed his day and i think it's exactly what he needed as a 105 i think it was a, a pr total at 105 and we had scott scott dean so scott coaches in chaos i've known scott for about seven years now the same the seven years i've been training in chaos it was such a treat to be able to work with him on this day and he he had a fantastic performance that was absolutely well and truly deserved so he came third in squat with 300 and he got a gold medal in the deadlift with 315 we we were in shooting distance of gold but the dutch lifter i believe just had more at the top end you know what i mean and he just kind of pulled away with it but scott came out with a silver medal in total totaling 802.5 and and kind of similar to jack i think it was a meet that he really needed and a meet that he really deserved so it's it was that was one of my highlights to think of the trip you know what i mean so so fair play to fair play to him i think there was a this isn't posted on us because this was a recent development they tallied up the team scores incorrectly for the men mm. and the lads missed out on we were at the time we were celebrated as having come fourth but we actually came third so the lads team came third i believe as well oh, nice so there you go awesome more i think more medals for lads are they're in the post I think oh, class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what the crack is I can look at the thing but but yeah I could chat about Western Euros and all the gang all day long but love it but look love it yeah Western Euros is always kind of like a, a special me like you say it's the fact that it's a couple of days long it's like you can really 
kind of give it your all and it, it, it jam packed. It's never at risk of feeling like it's kind of dragging out, <clears throat> which is which mm. is great. And the venues always tend to be grand as well, like compared to uh, Poland last year and Turkey for Junior Worlds fucking westerns in France was amazing. Um, so yeah, definitely definitely a great meet. I think it's on in Malta next year. It it is yes yeah. yeah so hopefully hopefully another country ticked off the list it's gas because I know there's another another meet in Turkey this coming year and I think feelers were kind of put out about who's available and I was like shit I've never been to Turkey that'd be that'd be great and I mentioned it to two of the guys in the gym who I'd love to name and shame and they were like oh savage yeah you're gonna go and get the hair done I was like what what the fuck <laughs> what do you mean by that should though um <laughs> edit this out delete this part <laughs> no money lesson it's abundantly clear no i'll be grand love it i'll be okay love it uh after westerns we had junior and sub junior euros um we're gonna kind of fly through it to be honest great great meet sent a very big team very successful team um you know very excited for all of their, their, their those lifters to kind of continue to develop uh, and, and show up in internationals in 2024 and beyond. We had Andrew Rowe. Uh, we're not going to talk about it if you're interested in how that went for Andrew. Just listen to episode number 49, our previous episode, and we, we provide a full breakdown on kind of everything that went into that uh, and and what's going into this current prep that he's in. So check that out. Um, that brings us up to pretty close to present date, our, our most recent kind of RHPF competition and the second last competition on the calendar before we kind of jump into any personal highlights that we have, which was Christmas qualifier. Mm. Again, this was a, this was an interesting meet and we've talked about it an awful lot in recent episodes. It, it became this kind of, it, what it, what it started off as in its conception changed an awful lot as time went on and it became like this there was there was some anxiety around it being this kind of weird middle child but you know what i feel like the intention of the meet was met because it was such a high quality really really cool um day of lifting and it was so nice that it was one day um i feel for everyone who who spent a lot of time and energy setting up uh i, I wasn't available so almost conveniently i wasn't available but it was such a fantastic meet you know man and it's 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 i feel like gave it almost reminded me of like a western euros nationals like it kind of even though there was some big hitters at it it gave some other people maybe a little bit more of a chance to shine and show their strength do you know what i mean and and like we had a lot of people from westerns do it and it felt like this westerns reunion you know what i mean um a couple a couple of highlights like again i'm biased because my my boy Jack Ryan won the 83s his first meet at a, at a very light 83 I'm not sure what we're gonna do going forward I'll leave that deliberately vague but we'll see how we get on and um, he had a great meet and again just conducted himself so well was so chill and executed perfectly well and uh, so he he had an absolute great meet I want to shout out as well his um his kind of long time competitor Mapalo who just destroyed the 74s he's a scary lifter honest to god uh, he had a fantastic day um and it'll be it'll be cool because i know there was talk of going up to 83s but but we'll see what the story is now i don't know if that's that's kind of set in stone do you know what i mean that's a very um, open 74 kilo class for him to slot into now anyway so yeah it is yeah it is and i suppose with 
you know, you have Cal at 83, you have Adam Duane at, at 83, who's doing damage and is blowing up. But, yeah, I, I think either way, like you could you could talk about the merits of, of gaining that, um, whatever is that, that, nine kilos, I think it is, that, yeah, that nine kilos, um, or staying and trying to build up as competitive as you can be in the, in the 74s, you know what I mean? So that's going to be really, really cool. Um, a familiar face that I'd love to see back and have a great day was Mr. Matthew Henry. Who you handled? Do you want to? Do you want to note? Any, was there anything in particular coming into Matt's prep that he wanted to, or that made it a, a significant competition? He won the ninety threes, which was a very significant result, uh, finishing on a massive deadlift. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I coach Matt. Um, I coach a few other lads who were in the same session. I'll just call out as well, or in, in who competed across the day. So we had Jonathan Butler. Uh, savage me just had had just competed mm. at Phenom previous to that and still managed to put up a really nice total PR I think 650 is what he totaled John is a guy that I think has an awful lot of potential um, and is starting to realize it and I think in the next few years we'll be talking about Jonathan um, in kind of podium battles uh, as he continues mm. to grow as a lifter and grow into the 93s and beyond uh, we had Jake Logan Condon awesome super strong lifter as well um kind of a a man after my own heart in terms of his 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 kind of total distribution amongst the three lifts strong old (laughs) squat strong old deadlift won't talk too much about the bench i feel you um cormac surprisingly strong qualifying now to strong uh cormac's as always i know it was just great crack to 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 handle and, and be around on comp day and then Connor conaghy another very very strong guy current um I guess bench national champion in this 74. So yeah, great day. And then of course we had um, Matthew Henry. Um, yeah, so Matthew had a, I handled him in Poland at Euros, had a, a quite a disappointing day after, you know, a big um, I think a June open in 2022 where he totaled 775 or something to that effect. I may have got that wrong quickly pull that up while we're here Hmm. um yes 772 um so you know he had had that kind of relatively disappointing meet uh in after euros and then competed again at i think ab series 14 which actually we skipped over was an rhpf sanctioned flight um yes not a whole pile i don't have any real memorable moments from it apart from obviously that matt competed at you handled him at it and, uh, you know, he had a day that I was happy with. It was 10 kilos above um, his output at in Poland at Euros, but he wasn't overly delighted with the day. Um, so there was kind of a lot riding on on this prep for Christmas qualifier, mainly finding a balance for him and kind of finding a finding enjoyment in training again, which which had, had been something he had struggled an awful lot with. Um, so, yeah, we, we really, really managed to kind of hit the nail on the head uh, with that, um, you know, there was more good sessions than bad sessions. Uh, he he was quoted as saying he, he felt like he could run through a brick wall about two weeks out from Christmas qualifiers. So that was exciting and numbers were great. And we learned an awful mm. lot. And yeah, he went out, uh, had a great meet and was, was very narrowly, like definitely was within striking distance of a uh, PR meet. You know, he we loaded 301 on squat, which was kind of a personal number for him. I didn't. You know, by right, we probably should have loaded 295 or something along 297 or something like that. 
and that's what like I personally would have loaded, but you know he wanted the crack at three hundred one, and 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 he was deserving of it, so deserving of it. So we gave it to him. Uh, sadly, it was very very close, but not quite there. Then to both of our surprise, came out and and bench one seventy. Bench was was definitely the the highlight for us there. Uh, I believe five to two point five kilo PR, two point five over that you know June Open performance that he had kind of always uh, referred back to. Mm. Um. And then, yeah, to, uh, to, we, we ended up, there was a bit, so he was against, he was facing off against a very, very strong Beck Phillips, um, the mm. best Beck has ever looked by a long by a long shot. And Ian Grant as well, who had a great day considering he was dealing with a lot of pain and, and whatnot, injury surrounding training leading up to it. Um, Ian really hung in there and, and had, I think he squatted 275, right? Or maybe more uh, with, a, with a pretty banged up knee. So great, great. Check that out. Great meet for Ian, um, but Beck was definitely the one we were kind of looking at heading into deadlifts in terms of um, how he was going to, to to challenge Matt. So we initially had 275 in for our deadlift opener, and we were going to stick with that. That was the plan. It wasn't a fake number, and we noticed that Beck had 285 in. So just to ask Matt again, we had running order. We had lot number. So ask Matt, like, do you want to just put 285 in for our opening pull and like let him kind of chase us we'll follow him you know what i mean uh so so mm. we'd know what he what his second jump was so that we could try and match it and just set us up for a win after second pull and matt said yes 285 absolutely flew like way faster than, than training was suggesting so we went straight to 300 300 also flew um but it came down it did come down to the wire nonetheless um Beck, like I say, looked amazingly strong. Matt pulled 307.5 for the win, and it was, you know, it was the right number. I don't know if we had any more. Uh, and, and Beck pulled, I think, 317.5, which is 700 pounds, um, to secure second place, I suppose. But, yeah, they were very, very close. Quite evenly matched. was very, very impressed with um, with Beck's performance, considering he had Absolutely. done, like, loads of mad shit in the previous, had walked from the airport to abs and all that kind of craziness. So, yeah. A fairly quick turnaround as well. Like there was a lot of people that had competed very recently before Christmas qualifiers. So the, the the gains that were made, let's say from Westerns to Christmas qualifier or from Phenom or October even to Christmas qualifier was very, very impressive. Uh, Cormac is one I, I, I rated him very highly for, for taking on that that challenge. And, and it's it's very interesting. You see what people when people are put under pressure like that, magic can happen you know what i mean it's it, you'd mentioned jonathan butler like i was amazed at jonathan's performance like in september totaled 632.5 had a great day by all accounts from what i remember of it um totaled 650 then in christmas qualifier like that's that's bananas do you know and i i totally agree with you that jono is one to one to watch out for do you know what i mean um like there was a couple of just nutty performances like mia kovacs always just pulled something freaky out of the bag jack brown a very slept on lifter his deadlift if you watch jack brown's third pull that's how you should pull sumo i was only saying this to somebody today like glued to the floor for five seconds and just flying up to the locket he, he's a really really impressive lifter juliette sweeney from chaos had a great day as well jane jones has seen massive progress recently a really really great lifter to watch um, you could go on and on and on and on and on. A couple know, more, a couple more are definitely worth shouting shout out. Are uh, Ali squatting two hundred kilos, um, 
and then having a stab, I believe, at 500 dots. Um, and another awesome yeah. move by Ali. And then, uh, of course, cannot go without mentioning mentioning Dami, uh, who totaled yes 847.5 uh, to to I think you know like uh, Anto had beat um, Barry's total record unofficially, uh, whereas this officially beats Barry's 105 kilo total record, which was very, very long-standing. Mm. So massive shout-out to Dami. It was great to see him put it together uh, on the day. Uh, and he, I think he, mm. he pulled 350 and may have attempted 370 or something like that for his for his third pull, which got moving, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, mm. like like I've said for, for a few years now, like if, if Dami can, can just continue putting it together, I think we could see a, a Dami that becomes becomes competitive even at a world level. You know, he's only 25. Absolutely. So, yeah. Very strong. Totally. Yeah, a great a great competition. Awesome. Well, there we go. That was the that was a final meet on the Irish PF calendar. Um, final meet we're going to talk about um, on the Irish powerlifting scene. Um, and the, the, the last meet of the year then was Open Euros uh, in Estonia. And we had two lifters. We had... The, the perennial competitor, Keen Madden, come again. And like I said, he had, <laughs> had somewhat of a disappointing day at Worlds, totaling 7.55. Absolutely blew this one out of the out of the park, knocked it out of the park with a 7.87.5 kilo total. Uh, a very easy 3.05 squat. Um, all of his thirds look very, very handy. And yeah, 500 dots. His first time hitting 500 dots raw, I go. believe. Um, yeah, awesome, awesome outputs from, from Keen. Hmm. And do 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 do. We had Emma McDermott compete as well in Open Euros. I'm going to pull up the numbers. I don't have them off the top of my head. Another PR performance from Emma, I believe, across the board. Am I right? Yep. Absolutely. Open powerlifting. Don't let me down. Here we are. So again, I I, I greatly admire people who always kind of answer the call, and Emma and Keen definitely seem like two of those. To those people so emma went 165 102.5 at 210 to round off 477.5 with a 463.19 dots pr so you're looking at i believe that's a seven and a half kilo total pr and a like five dots pr now five dots pr at this level is a significant gain in what in what seems like yeah like worlds was just a couple of months before that so again very very consistent performance and some lovely gains there you go. And I expect, you know, I expect that to just straight up continue. You know what I mean? That's mm. that's one thing I, I I look forward to. There's a, there's a lot of people growing into that 76 kilo class, namely Mia, uh, who's looking very, very, mm. very strong, you know, and, and has made significant gains from comp to comp to comp. You know, Emma is just going to continue showing up to every meet and adding, you know, adding number, adding to her total in a fashion that will see her, I I think, stay at the top of that class, you know. So I'm very, very excited to see her kind of be challenged in a way that, uh, what I mean by that is that I look forward to seeing her kind of game day have to account for competitors, you know what I mean? I think that we'll Mm. see that uh, at the next, you know, couple of meets or in a couple of meets time, We'll, we'll see her deadlifts not just necessarily be a case of, you know, maxing out what she's got, uh, but maybe, you know, she'll have to pull a certain number, you know, so I really, really look mm. forward to see that because I'm sure we'll see Emma show up when that time comes. That'll be cool, especially with so much time between 
between now, let's say, and the next Open Nationals, like there's plenty of time for people to get strong. And I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I suppose I'd love to see people go dark for a while and then just come up, come up on the day and just surprise everyone. But that could still happen. You know what I mean? You never know what can happen on the day. Yep, absolutely. There we have it. That was, as far as we've kind of outlined it, that was the 2023 Powerlifting Year in Review. Now we are going to go into our own kind of personal highlights. I've got a few. Um, do you want to start us off? I've kind of covered, so like the, God, with the open meets, especially now this year coming, it's going to be tough to keep track. You know what I mean? It was a very busy year. It kind of seemed like there was competitions nearly every month. Um, Jack and Oshin were two big, big, highlights so jack um jack podiuming at nationals jack i believe won one of the opens um Oshin national record holder like so they're two big big highlights personal highlights from a lifting point of view it, it was kind of it felt like my first year in a while being in athlete mode the whole time um not the whole time but like making very little distinction between coach connor and athlete connor which i think is is generally very productive for obviously your lifting but for your your coaching as well i feel um so this year kind of saw my best and worst meet and with very diametrically opposed approaches you know what i mean and i feel like they've both been very very formative in my approach going forward do you know so i'm what 10 11 weeks out now and i'm going to do my best to to keep that same approach from october to in the prep for being on in march and on the day do you know what i mean so god like i definitely be leaving people out if i started to try and pull out individual performances from opens at a point it's it's nearly impossible to do you know unless we we dove into each individual open competition and just we'd be here all night we'd be here all night but i'm probably going to listen to some of yours and go, oh shit, yeah, I forgot about that. I suppose one of them was handling, now that I say it, handling you at, at uh, your competition. But I'm going to leave that that highlight for you, I suppose, to chat about. But that was a, that was a highlight for me anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm with you. I think I've got a few that stick out in my mind. And I'll, I'll try and go in kind of chronological order. So mm. um, handling my little sister at her first competition in at unis, that was fun. The same mm. meet. Uh, a little bit of a battle between Ronan and Herity, uh, who I've been working with for quite a while now, and he's from West Cork as well. So was, there's a special place in my heart for for Ronan. Um, mm. and he's very strong. It was a battle between him and Rod at Unis, which was a lot of fun. Yes, um, I think Rod was at least in part handled by Jack Brennan. Uh, so that was that was that was really fun. Uh, yeah, and then I guess the next one was was my own meet, um, which I. I'd had an awesome year of training and then I had, I'd had a couple of setbacks, which looking back on glad of because I had like, you know, I'd started to kind of lose the head a little bit and like make, I'd started to kind of make this meet like a pedestal meet, which is exactly the opposite of what my intention was. My goal was let this be the baseline, show up, be a good power if they're going nine for nine. And I think thanks to the couple of setbacks that I had, uh, namely like thinking I was completely fucked there for a while I was just doing some back down squats and felt like I got shot in my lower back and yeah. somehow recovered the bar into the rack and then just couldn't really use my legs to any meaningful degree was in excruciating pain to the point where I was so panicked I was like what what do I do like I called you and it just was like man I'm, I'm 
fucked. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I can't apply any of the the kind of best practice methods of, of handling pain and training because mm. I'm so, this is so severe. Um, but then, of course, they that severity subsided. It's just a case of riding the wave. And um, I did go to the doctor. I did get an MRI, all that jazz. I didn't hear back on the MRI for months. Um, but yeah, within like four days, I was kind of able to move around and, and load bear again. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go to the gym against, of course, the wishes of all of my loved ones, um, went practice what I preached and just subjected the kind of the, the affected area to some load, some resistance, did some Jefferson curls with a really, really long tempo and a pause. And after about half an hour of working through those ranges of motion, I got up the the courage to to load up a squat and loaded up a squat to the the weight that originally I was using when I when I you know got injured for lack of a better term and it was perfect <laughs> no pain RP zero as it should have been and it was grand you know and literally the next week squatted two fifty in the gym and just jumped right back into into my prep for for competition which was great I ended up. Totaling 675 and, and, you know, being happy, not necessarily being too concerned with any numbers here or there. Um, very much just put on the bar, put the right weight on the bar. And I'm very, very happy across all of my third attempts. They moved how I would want a third attempt to move under those circumstances. So, yeah, was very, very grateful to have yourself and Andrew there on the day handling me. It was important to me that I had the 2E specifically. Um, and, yeah, it, was just, it just did exactly what i wanted it to do um it is the the kind of the jumping point for the next you know x amount of years of of treating myself as mm. an athlete first you know and not as coach first which i which i had kind of done um for a good reason i suppose uh for the previous few years so no i'm very 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 excited and then of course was your your own competition um mm. that was a, a massive personal highlight for me just seeing you put it together and you know what it just seemed like that made i witnessed connor campbell just be connor campbell on comp day for the first time almost you know before it had felt like you kind of you were distracted or, or kind of um caught up in the in the event in in the moment whereas this meet very much just seemed like you being you and lifting weights and doing the thing and it it was the, exactly the day that that we wanted to have, and I feel like laid the mm. groundwork for how we'll approach competitions going forward. I think so. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that is the case. Um, yeah, I, 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 we we went into that an awful lot on the episode. I can't remember what number it is. Connor's not so disappointing day. <laughs> I think it's it's titled as it, it was fairly recent because it was the competition was fairly recent. Um, I think it's funny that if your pain experience, a litmus test of desperation is you call Connor Campbell <laughs> for reassurance. <laughs> Very good. I think, I don't know if you wanted to talk about it, but I think in the context of getting your MRI results, the protocol you doing the thing is especially important. And the thing that I communicate to people who have some kind of pain experience, we kind of work through it, is remember what this feels like and remember what worked, which is ultimately treating with the poison in a sensible manner, not overreacting and like, yeah, just staying calm. You know what I mean? And, and keeping case studies 
especially of yourself in mind because like you said this was kind of your first time dealing with such an intense pain experience and it's all well and good if you've dealt with other people who've had it or you've read about it but i'm sure as you say as you often say everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth or everyone has a plan until they feel like they've they can't walk and they're they've gotten shot in the spine so remembering that and keeping hold of that and remembering how vulnerable you felt and then comparing that to how powerful you probably felt at your competition a very short time later is something to keep in mind and something to keep very close to heart you know what i mean so that's those experiences are are so incredibly important and i'm i kind of maybe had a different pain experience that i suppose was a was a personal highlight during the year um it was on the tail end of my cut i was spoken about this an awful lot but got a pain experience is what i'm going to still call it in my hip kind of adductor area and it sidelined me from squats for a significant period of time i'm not sure how long it was um it wasn't the case that i just kind of treat with the poison and back in three or four weeks time it was a significant period of time and it just it warranted staying calm and consistently working with a tolerable pain threshold and a tolerable range of motion and doing what i can and 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 keeping training as normal as possible and that is an experience i'm going to hang on to for a long time do you know what i mean um it, I, I feel like that's kind of two sides of the same coin in terms of how we typically respond to a pain experience in an athlete which is inevitable for absolutely everyone a super important thing to keep in mind uh most of the time it's kind of how how you experienced it except with a much lower intensity of pain and an even shorter um time to return to normal training most of the time it is like that and it's it's not really something to be to be nervous about i think in the more maybe it's it's unfair to say the more intense side of things it's more what i'm dealing with where it is an extended period of time where significant modification has to be made um so yeah in a in a fucked up way that pain experience was the highlight of the year um, for sure me too i suppose i relate to that a lot with my own good i'm glad because like we said i got that mri and I, I had competed before i got the results of that mri and you know had just gone about training and whatnot and um got the mri result back and there was a disc bulge at l4 l5 you know which I'd like to think it wouldn't have made a difference to me. And I'd already been posed the question of like, what if it comes back like this? What are you going to do? And my answer was exactly what I did, you know? And I do believe I would have continued doing that. And definitely given the fact that since I've got that MRI result, nothing about my training has changed at all. Um, Because it it shouldn't, you know? What's the alternative? Like, you know? Uh, and, And even at that, I'd be hesitant to kind of, I'd be very, very slow to draw causation a causational link between that disc bulge and that pain experience it could have been completely random and who knows when that disc bulge happened do you know what i mean it's like the lower back is a is a relatively big anatomical area and there's a lot going on there do you know what i mean so that disc bulge Mm. could could have been something completely unrelated that you know i may have been carrying around for for years do you know what i mean and it's it's very likely that if anyone listening to this went for an mri there'll be some abnormality found you know actually a little bit of a tangent, but a, a person that I, not a powerlifter, a person that I uh, do some in-person coaching with uh, was detailing his experience with, you know, MRIs and consultant consultant reports 
uh, with me recently and um, he was told in 2020 like never engage in any any amount of kind of um, stressful physical um, exertion ever again uh, for risk of you know severe issues long term and he had said this to me at the outset and I said what I always say which is okay you know let's proceed cautiously carefully let's do all you know essentially just getting him to, to engage in the thing and being reactive uh, to his personal pain experience but then some months later he actually sent me the report and I was reading through it and there was absolutely nothing in this report that said to me you know never move again do you know what I mean like if there was like some essentially the findings were a a um, congenital defect in one of his vertebrae which is not at all, there's absolutely no evidence surrounding it being in any way like, you know, risky long term and some very, very normal degeneration of tissue. That was it. And meanwhile, he had been told by the consultant, you know, he had been asked like, were you ever in a car crash? And, you know, uh, don't ever engage in this physical activity ever again, which is insane. It's crazy because now the dude's like, the dude's an animal and he's like, you know, he's been training properly, like squat, bench and deadlifting once a week for the last maybe nine weeks. And he's fucking squatting 180 plus, benching, you know, well over 100 kilos, deadlifting two-ish. So, what the hell? <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. No. Maybe I should say nothing. Probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I'm glad you're his trainer then, in that case. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Fuck me. Yep. Um, Highlights of the year. It's tough, man. This This kind of stuff is... I suppose, like, it's kind of the reason I do the re- weekly um, recaps because re- reflection is is as beneficial as it is difficult, in my mind. Um, do you know what I mean? And and with the podcast, we kind of process all of these things and flesh them out fully when they happen. So it kind of comes with, when it's now, it's feel like I have nothing left. I have nothing left to say. Like, I was asked earlier on at the gym, like, what are my thoughts on the USAPL thing? And I just felt like I had nothing to say because, like, I've said all I need to say. Um yeah, I was going to say my adventure race was a really fun, really big highlight of the year. And I suppose the ensuing training, being so productive, was a really nice kind of, I suppose, case study for myself that I can take a break and I can come back stronger or I can do some mad shit and I can come back stronger. If I am patient enough, if I understand the short term trade off. You're all good. And I think that's that would be a very beneficial realization for a lot of people from a longevity and ultimately your strength potential as time goes on is that you can dip in, dip out, you can try different things, you can live your life uh, with the variety that is healthy for you and you can get stronger. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to... It's not the hill you need to die on, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? And And I suppose the new year is kind of when people start looking at different things and taking stock and... And you don't need to quit to try something new. You can just dip a toe and that's it. I don't know. I, 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 I probably will think of other things, but I think that's all That's all I've got to say for now. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, yeah, there it is. I'm, I'm super, genuinely super. I, I know we probably said the exact same thing last year, but I'm very, very excited for, for the next year of powerlifting. I think there's a lot, a lot coming up, uh, a lot to be kind of mm. watching, a lot to be interested in um some change which is always exciting and yeah i think it's going to be a good one so very very excited absolutely a massive thank you uh, you go ahead connor 
No, I was going to make a joke saying, I think 2024 is going to be the best year for Irish powerlifting <laughs> yet. <laughs> what, we, what we always say, and I think it's right. Yeah. I think it's accurate. A massive thank you to everyone listening. This was a big milestone episode for us, uh, episode 50. Uh, we had kind of set out, I think we had set it on air as well, that we were going to, we were aiming for 50 by the end of the year. Yes, and, uh, we And we got there. So that was awesome because, you know, the podcast is something we wanted to do for a very long time. We started it. We were faced with the realities of doing a podcast, which, you know, some of the difficult realities, it's not just sitting down with your buddies and having a chat. Um, at a certain point, you just run out of shit to talk about. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot that goes on in the back end. Um, so it it, it uh, means a lot that there there was enough reason for us, I suppose, to, to keep doing this. You know, there is interest. We do have people that listen, which is crazy to me still. For some but um, yeah, so massive thank you to anyone uh, who you know followed along and and made it kind of viable or, or reasonable for us to even do this thing um, for the year and mm. we're very excited to, to continue doing so uh next year absolutely yeah no i can only echo your statement i won't i won't add much or i won't i won't ramble but uh yeah thank you very much for everyone for your your continued support and um, feedback is always welcome that's it yeah it's amazing. that was an amazing year on on all fronts and it's going to be the same next year 100 percent 100%. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We will be back again soon. Happy New Year. All the best.